1: Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I'm Randy Carriker with a very happy Brooke Grimsley. She is the chairman, CEO, president, founder, oh, 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 oh. treasurer, assistant VP of the uh, Lars Newt Bar fan club. Good morning.
2: Oh, the nutty neuters of Newt Nation. We are rejoicing this morning. Did you guys see everything that Lars Newt Bar did last night? He was he did, incredible. He did a really good yeah. job. Yeah. And so you was, even look yeah. up and yeah. he was on the SEC top 10 just a minute ago. Yep.
4: Third, third best play <laughs> in all of sports last night. Pretty impressive. And then they had catch. a hockey play. Uh, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, you heard his voice. How are you doing? I am wonderful, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, we have football tonight here on 101
5: ESPN. We have the, uh, 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 the uh, Hall uh, of Fame
4: game from Kenton, <laughs> Ohio.
5: Yeah. It's the Browns. Uh, oh. And it's it's well, like the first, first preseason. Like the, the Hall of Fame game is, it's football-ish. But Kerry, are you really excited about seeing like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah, with his pro- debut? He's for probably the not going to play a snap. Oh. <laughs> he, he, oh. he probably that Those guys generally oh. don't play I mean they may mm-hmm. dress out But they probably won't he probably won't take a snap. If he does, it'll be in pregame. The Hall of
4: Fame, by the way, the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Baseball Hall of Fame, they're both very cool. But uh, this is a fun weekend at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, especially if you have one of your guys going we, in.
5: We played in that game uh, the year that Michael Irvin got went into the Hall of Fame, Thurman Thomas. That was a really good experience. It was an awesome time uh, for me because I grew up watching Thurman Thomas and, and obviously Michael Irvin. So it, it was a great experience to be in Canton. Um, Back then, I said it like it was fifty years ago, but it, back <laughs> then it was the, the the first of four, first of five preseason games. Hey, yeah. do all that. That was yeah, it was a lot.
4: Yeah, too so, much. Oh yeah. way too much. And by the way, to, speaking of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, tomorrow Isaac and Tory are going to join us at eight forty five. Did we decide? I think yeah. yeah, eight forty five for tomorrow for uh, Isaac Bruce Hall of Famer and Tory Holt Future Hall of Famer. Speaking of Hall of Famers, well, let's get back to the Nutty Neuters of New Nation because uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, the the Hall of Famers were on display last night. If you didn't hear, the Cardinals won. <laughs> why are you laughing? Why why are we? I, I don't, China? Think, they're I don't
2: think they're Hall of Famers. Not yet.
4: Well, Dakota Hudson goes seven innings. That was impressive. Kids. Seven innings. He allows two or, or three runs on two hits. He did walk three, struck out seven, ninety four pitches. He was absolutely dominant. I mean, why would you need to trade for Max Scherzer, or Justin Verlander when you're getting a performance like that?
2: What did he do last year, numbers yeah. wise? What well, has he been doing? What- wasn't his year. ERA in the minors before being called up? Okay. Isn't it like six or something? do give like me that? facts. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey he's fi- he's figured it out. I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: second inning. I got a good way for you to avoid pulling hamstrings. It's by hitting the ball over the fence and jogging. Yeah. Oh, High fly
6: ball. He went down and called that to left. Warner back. fireworks in St. Louis. O'Neal is homered in
4: back-to-back games, and the Cardinals strike for... Easy. That's okay. He, he seems to be back from that injury. Uh, what, what injury was it, was it? was a back injury CD. When did that
1: happen? About a week back. <laughs> no, it, it is,
2: it is That is too early. You guys you guys can't get any earlier than this unless you open the show with it, which would be insane. It's too much. Too much. I don't know. Puts the
4: Cardinals up one-nothing, but uh, they, they weren't done. J-Dub, we talked yesterday about it him Dealing with adversity, and he had during the month of July, but this kid's is August.
6: So a 2 2 pitch. Swing, five oh! ball, line left again. Track ball, gone. Walker has his
4: 10. 2 0 on Jordan Walker's 10th homer of the season. Tommy Edmond reaches base, and we all went crazy. Oh!
6: Derby time at Busch Stadium. Split finger. Lars Newbar goes down and gets it. Another bomb. 411 feet.
4: The thing that struck me about that home run is that it sounded, and we can listen to it again, it sounded like a Jack Clark home run. Mm. Jack Clark's home runs, you could turn around and close your eyes, and they sounded different. Listen again to the the crack of the bat here. (laughs)
5: he let it rip he let it eat yes
2: yes it's it's very exciting very exciting moment you know all those people that were wanting him to get traded look at him now
4: you don't want to trade him you don't want to trade anybody i mean you get a couple of people aboard in the third inning and the cardinals get another home run swing
7: and a drive
6: tape measure shot down the line burleson with
5: Early, Yes. <laughs> now, Yeah, we do that every game from here on out. Let's do it. Hey, four home runs every game? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Specifically seven from the in outfield. Seven innings pitched by yeah. the the starter. Here come the Cardinals. Tra la la.
2: Yeah. It makes you feel better, right?
5: It does. They beat the Twins, by
2: the
4: way, 7 to 3. The Twins in first place in their division, and uh, Now they uh, only have a two game lead over the Cleveland Guardians. But the Cardinals' offense was very productive. And what's interesting about this is that you get an 0 for 4 out of Goldie, you get a 1 for 4 out of Arenado, but it is Newt Barr. And by the way, Gorman was 0 for 2 last night too. But it is Newt Barr, it is Tyler O'Neill, it is Burleson, it is Walker. It's the young kids that are stepping up and providing the offense for the Cards.
2: Yeah, you you wish that you could have seen that more consistently Mm -hmm. throughout the season. Uh, to supplement Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, but I feel like, do you think that this is just the guys playing without pressure that we're seeing oh. in that game, especially with Dak and his performance? I mean, the way that he was able to perform last night, we were talking about the seven innings, seven strikeouts. I mean, it's like he was listening to Moselec like when he was talking about that they, they want to see swing and miss stuff. Dakota was like, oh, that's what you want? Okay. <laughs> you should have told me. Yeah, you should have just that, said that. You know, Yeah, yeah <laughs> and a lot of those strikeouts coming <laughs> from the slider, coming on the slider too it's just he looked at ease out there now the question is can he do that on a consistent basis and I still feel though even with that good performance it's very exciting for Dak last night I I like that he was able to do that I just hope that the Cardinals are not going to get too mesmerized by a couple performances like that because I don't think you can rely on some of the internal options for starting oh. pitching going next season because isn't that what you did uh, this yeah, pass off, sunshine, it. lollipops, no. and okay. green okay.
3: Everything that's wonderful is what I feel and we're together.
4: But well, I'm together with Dakota Hudson. I'm Sunshine
5: Lolly. Here's the, the I do think that some of the pressure is off. And the issue you could run into is these young pitchers perform really well down the stretch. And then you feel like, oh, we got it yep, figured out. Yep. And then you don't go make a move in free agency. And then you're right back where you are uh, in the 2023 season. Here's the, the way I look at it. And I, I know that
4: this gets old for you guys. But the day that Mo said we're essentially, he said we're selling. We're not waving the white flag, but we're going to sell. I, I think I said on the air the next morning, "Don't believe anything you see from here on in." Yeah, so and don't I don't think that? we can. I don't. I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. I, yeah, because. Like you said, Brooke, there is no pressure. It, this is loosey-goosey. And once you, you're you good and you have to play meaningful games in September, it's a different sport, and it's all about dealing with pressure. And these guys, now there are some super talented guys offensively, but if we get to September next year and Dakota Hudson's on the staff, even if he has a good year, I'm going to wonder because I just don't know. I want a couple of guys Miles Michaelis has pitched in pressure situations. I'm confident in Michaelis pitching in September and October. I would be confident if I had Aaron Nola pitching in September or October. I would be confident, even though he's not a swing and miss guy, if I had Kyle Hendricks pitching in September or October. Would I be confident in Dakota Hudson? No. Would I be confident in Matthew Libertor? Probably not. So I want some guys that I feel good about in terms of their ability to produce when the chips are down.
2: That's, that's exactly what I was saying. It's just like I, I hope that they don't go into this offseason thinking that they can fully rely on these internal options. You already made that mistake. You can't do that again going into next year.
5: Wouldn't be wise? And I
4: think it's different as well if you have a championship pedigree manager slash coach and coaching staff. And there's, you can't do it until you do it. So nothing against Ollie and his crew there. But... There's something to be said for Tony LaRusso or Whitey Herzog leading a group through that process because they've done it before. Mike Tomlin had done it before. Mm-hmm. Gary, you hadn't been through the pressure of December and, and January until you,
5: you did it. Right. But how much of a difference did it make Kevin Tomlin and that staff? It definitely helps when you have guys that – well, it wasn't even – I wouldn't even say just the staff. Yeah, the it was players. a bunch of players yep. that had just won a Super Bowl two years prior. So we all – understood and and I had played in the NFC championship. We had a lot of guys that had been in those positions. So it, it makes the game easier when your your peers and your coaches all have been there.
4: When the Cardinals got swept in the two thousand four World Series by the the Red Sox, a lot of them haven't hadn't been through it. But they all went to the the younger guys, in 06 they went to Brad Thompson and Chris Duncan and the and the young bullpen Josh Kinney and Wayneo. And the the old guys all said, Hey, this is gonna go really fast Slow it down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Slow it down. And that's one of the reasons that those young kids were able to succeed, because they just kept having it drilled into their heads. Slow this down and try to make it as normal as you possibly can, even though it's the most abnormal thing in the world. And
2: mm-hmm. even if the veterans aren't saying something, I'm sure, like, was it just where you look at them, too, and yeah. you're, they're just mm-hmm. leading by example, even if they weren't saying something to you on a daily basis, you're watching how they handled that whole yeah. situation. Uh,
5: it, it helps when guys have had that experience, and if you do have questions you can ask, them guys are, are willing with information. They they talk to you, hey, this is just another game. It yep. may feel more important, and, and and to a degree it is, but it's still the same game you played in Week 7. It's still mm-hmm. the same game you played in Week 4, or Week 12. Nothing has changed about the game. You're adding more pressure to it because you know what's at stake.
4: Meanwhile, the, the Reds at the top of the division have gone 5-5 five five in their last 10. The Brewers in second place in the division have gone 3-7 and seven in their last 10, and the Cubs now three games out in the division have won eight of their last 10. They've scored 36 runs in their last two games. They scored 22 nights ago, 16 six Last night, they hit five home <laughs> runs, and the Cubs are only two and a half out in the wild card race, and this all started against the Cardinals. This is why you
5: don't let your division uh, foes get any confidence. They're going to just keep building. You just got to kick people when they're down, Randy. That's you know, that we, Did we change that to our fourth pillar? Yeah, kick, kick people when they're yes. down? Yeah, Kick yes. them when they're down. Kick your opponents down. Kick them when they're down. Kick
7: them
4: when Every they're time. down. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we are going to talk about the Cubs and more ball with Greg Amsinger at the bottom of this hour. We're also going to talk at 9 o'clock with ESPN Baseball Insider Kylie McDaniel. He's their minor league, draft and minor league guy, and he's really high on some of the people the Cardinals got in exchange for the expiring contracts that they traded off at the deadline. We're off and running, but coming up next, it's time for Sick of It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 964 314 Yo-ho! Sick of it next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the
3: opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Time for Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and you. You need to text in, though. 314 399 9646 Yo-ho! Guys, let's talk a little MLS here. I'm I'm sick of these Europeans coming over and dominating our league. You
2: were excited about it, I thought. I went for a while until he wasn't on our team. It's really.
4: I mean, he's... He's different. Lionel Messi is is yeah. different. He's uh, different. But you know, he got five goals already. Yeah, I think in two games three, three games, three games, three five and three. Yeah,
2: your mind changed very quickly. I think, yeah, on I
4: that. I'm fine if he's on our team, but no, not if he's going to dominate our league. With oh, his get used to it, Randy. Yeah.
2: What about Chris Ron if he came over?
4: Uh, yeah, if he's on our team. <laughs> yeah, see Ron. If not, Ron.
2: Yeah. yeah. Move Move it along, yeah. Just move it along, along, pal. Yeah,
4: let's go to Saudi Arabia. (laughs) You You go over there, billions of dollars. Yeah, (laughs) come on, don't dominate our league like that. (laughs) Uh, You're saying
2: it's embarrassing.
4: It kind of is. It's kind of like sending. who, who could we send like if they had a little football league and we sent Patrick Mahomes over there <laughs> <laughs>
8: you know they have an, there's an Italian football league see, there you go Patrick Mahomes you playing said, in the can NFL can you imagine the 5,000 yard season that Nick Chubb would have yeah
5: no.
9: oh my gosh <laughs>
5: I would they, love they, to they see they probably don't pay Derek their running Henry? backs either no <laughs> that's true
7: yeah <laughs> I
9: mean, no. Derrick Henry would dominate everybody oh my everybody. god
4: when, uh, when the unfortunate Lawrence Phillips just all unfortunate uh, was cut by the Rams he went up and played in Canada yeah. and, and Vermilson Said, He's going to tear them a new one. And he did. <laughs> right. he, somebody goes,
8: Messi's South American. It's still our league. Whatever. <laughs> Isn't South America in Europe?
4: No. Mm- no. no. This is why I, I, this was <laughs> in South this America. Is, this is this is why the sport the the fight has sports questions.
2: <laughs> Add geography questions. You hear that wrong. Yeah. Add geography yeah. questions. <laughs> <You laughs> I that, love that moment. Uh, that was. Well, I <laughs> I pause that moment. <laughs> Are you insane?
8: <laughs> <laughs> Are you insane? What? Add geography questions. Yeah. Oh. Mm,
5: be what intriguing. <laughs> yeah, he might. Oh, okay. Um, you know what I'm sick of? Look. I'm so sick of hearing about the Dallas Cowboys. Every <laughs> single year, I got to hear that this is the year for the Cowboys. It ain't been their year since 95. No, they have not. They haven't even played in a championship game since then. That, no one cares about the Cowboys except for Cowboy fans. And and yep. they're everywhere, clearly. And we have to hear about them All of the time. You guys stink. I watched a a, a video yesterday of Dak Prescott throwing a ball into double coverage where CeeDee Lamb, his best receiver, was running an under route wide open. Why in the hell would you throw it downfield to a guy? This is what I've come to expect. I think Dak Prescott is a great young man. I think he's a great, fine young man. I think he's a fine young man. Very good quarterback. Don't think he's going to lead the Cowboys to a championship and I'm tired of hearing about him.
2: Was it 15 interceptions? Yeah, last in season? like
5: 13 games. He led yeah. the league in interceptions and didn't mm. play every game.
2: That's a uh, not, not good. Great. No.
5: So yeah, I, I have
4: uh, I have difficulty. My closest friends are aware of the fact that I I have difficulty if you had a long-term association, if you walk away from the cowboys, I'm fine. If, if they invite you and you walk away, I'm fine. but if you have a long-term association with the Dallas, I love Howard Richards, one yes. of my favorite people Howard's in New.'s a great guy yes. great guy you know he, 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 he was a played
5: for he was a cowboy yeah, but he it's, didn't, expected. It, it's not his fault no it's not. Yeah. So but the rest of the rest of these guys make a choice. And gals. Yeah. I'm with you. Jeez. I'm yeah. tired of them too. You
2: eesh. think they should move on from Dak? Yeah. Well, no, I
5: don't think, no, you're no, not huh? going to move on from Dak. How many interceptions did he have last year? 15. 15. Keep them going.
2: See if you can break that. Yeah. yeah. <In> like <laughs> at least you're breaking some record. Well, guys, my sick of it. I put this on Twitter the other day. I was just casually grocery shopping and I'll show it to the tube for anybody. See, but you can go to my Twitter account to see the photo. Um, um, I was just casually shopping, going to check out at Schnucks and you know they have that aisle right before the candy aisle to tempt you right before you go to check out mm-hmm. and right in front of my face next to the ding-dongs which should be sacrilegious that you're just going to have <laughs> meat right next to the ding-dongs and this wasn't the employees somebody made the decision to just set the meat that they were going to purchase right there
4: Like it was pre-made burgers or something, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. it's like patties. Yeah. They just set it right there next to the freaking ding-dongs That's so-
5: the same person that went into yeah. the parking lot and left the cart in the parking yes. space yes yeah.
2: these are the same i want to know i want look we'll we'll maybe keep you anonymous if you text in if you're this type of person i just want an explanation because you also have the option of when you're going to check out you can hand that meat to See, the clerk true, right yeah. you just hand it to the clerk or you can walk your bat your butt back over to the aisle where you got that food from and go put it back. Thank it you. It is so lazy and inconsiderate. And just to waste food like that and to put it next to the ding-dongs, Oh, I my, just... that was the
4: thing. See, and you put up on Twitter <laughs> yeah. the question, why? And I said, why not? Because I was just focused on the... You just you, saw the ding-dongs. Well, yeah, once you show, show the ding-dongs? That's where my focus <laughs> goes. Right
2: well, somebody made that same decision, Randy. They saw yeah. the ding-dongs and all of the Twinkies and all that. Mm-hmm. They are like, you know what? Instead of this nice, healthy turkey burger, I'm going to have a Twinkie today. Okay, that,
4: that allows that... Easy Raises my angst a little bit about this situation.
2: I just hate it. Just, just put yeah, it come back.
4: Come on, the common courtesy. There's a, a book, and Shelf- it's really summers. easy to read for all of us. It's called "Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten." Learn it, live it, love it. I, like I love that. that.
7: Yeah, yeah, that's and so true. true.
8: Everything you did, everything you need to know, you learned in kindergarten. Matthew, what do we got on the old text line? Uh, we have a person who's quite cranky. I'm sick of I social media that. posts where people spew adjectives about someone the most loving, caring, considerate, thoughtful, compassionate, helpful, yada, yada. Pick one or two. Anything is just too sappy and kind of sounds like you're trying to make up for something. I have no problem when
4: people you? say nice a things about me. And I, I appreciate the person that you did you? social mediaize me. Uh, but uh, no, I, I'm not tired of that. I'm I'm who
5: a hurt, lover, not a fighter. Who hurt them? That's a great question. I sometimes yeah. you have to do some reflecting in life and sit back and and really question. At what point did I become this hurtful? This 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 much hurt yeah. placed Injured. upon me? Yeah. I, I've been hurt. I have to read, you know. I have to have to go back and and really really look at myself and figure out when that began, and then I have to do the work to correct it. Little therapy here, man. Nah, doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Is,
2: there's nothing wrong with that. You're just you're just saying something really nice, and I don't know. Sometimes saying things in threes too, really gets across the point about what you're trying to hit home about, mm-hmm. and when you're describing something, that's at least. In journalism school, everything's in threes, so you'll hear newscasters list things in threes when they're trying to get a point across mm-hmm. when describing something, so I don't know. It's it's just somebody being sweet, sappy, and happy. I
4: wonder if in journalism school- See how I school, did the three? Yeah.
2: There? Oh, this is great. <laughs> do, you, do you think that
4: started with celebrity deaths? <laughs> oh, Brandon. <laughs> All
7: right.
2: Brandy,
4: they come in threes,
8: don't they? they do. Yeah,
2: you do. same thing with divorces. Come yeah. on, Ross. <laughs> every,
8: every, every audio or like or like print medium has a rule of three. Yeah, like comic, you see comedy that? comedy comedy yes. has a rule of three as well. Like yes, if you yeah. want to make a joke, you have to give three examples, like exactly. that kind of stuff. Everything there's rules of threes for all of it. It's crazy.
2: Sweet, sappy, and happy. There By the wheel. <laughs>
8: <sappy and> <laughs> okay, I'm,
4: I'm not I'm not going there
5: right now. But I've got a I'm fun thing. going
8: there. Oh, I'm sick of the Broncos and Jets feud. Nobody's played a game yet. They aren't even in the same division. Neither team made the playoffs last year. Tired of hearing about it? Play
5: each other first before smack talking or at least wait until the week of the game. This is the buildup for what I guess is going to be a good game. I, I, I would expect the Jets. I don't know. Maybe maybe Sean Payton has some uh, some juice left and he can get Russell Wilson to stay in the pocket and throw the ball to the proper people. We'll see. Uh, but it, it I don't have a problem with it. One coach is talking trash about another coach and his his work ethic and what he left in in when he when he left, I, I'm having no problem with it. And when, then the other coach is very sensitive. <laughs> that goes against the rules. Yeah. No, nah, hell no. You know what's against the rules? <laughs> an offense that scores sixteen points a game. There you go. And you're an offensive coordinator. That should be against the damn rules. <laughs> Watching should. you forcing us to watch the Broncos every Sunday yep. should have been against the damn rules, Nathaniel Hackett. And here's the thing
4: this is so Sean Payton is a Bill Parcells protégé. In the 80s, and again, it's back in my day, but Kerry, you were growing up watching this. There were half the coaches in the league with personality. You had people like Jerry Glanville. You had Parcells. You had Joe Gibbs. You had Jim Hannafin. You had Bill Walsh. You had all these guys that did s- different things. S- Mike yep. yeah. All these personalities. Who's an NFL coach with personality right now?
2: Ooh. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah,
5: so Andy Reid um, to a degree that, that I, yeah, but not, he says well, I'll get him to a Chiefs game comments. Yeah, yeah McDaniel, the- Tom uh, McDaniel, yeah, Mike McDaniel, yes, yeah, he's he's got a chance. But he's but- new; they'll get beaten out of him. Man, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, but I just hey. the
8: joy. Yeah, probably.
4: <laughs> I just I, I love the idea of coaches talking and entertaining us because ultimately, and that was DV, DV understands that uh, you're in the entertainment business and I think that's one of the things that the No Fun League happens to have a problem with is that they're still in many ways
5: the, the No Fun League and I just I like think my, that they could do a better job. I like my coaches fighting on the sideline. Like that's our Buddy Ryan, there's another one. Gil bright Gilbride. Like, fight! Yeah. Punch somebody in the face when
1: they call a bad play. I, I like that idea a lot. <laughs>
5: I do.
4: Oh, okay, we need to take a break because we've got Greg Amzinger coming up. Okay, that makes sense. We'll do it. Thank you, Matthew. (laughs) Thank you, Randy. And thanks for your texts. We do appreciate them. More texts coming up later in the hour with Tioli. But Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, next on 101 ESPN.
7: The smartest way to do your
4: The great Greg Amzinger, lead anchor for MLB Network and, of course, a product of St. Louis and the Lindenwood University joins us now. I think last week when we talked to Greg, he was moving and moving can be a hassle. He's uh, with us now on the Celebrity Line. Good morning,
9: Greg. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm great. You know, there's nothing quite like um, your family being out of town. So you're home alone doing everything that you were just describing, unpacking. And then the doorbell rings because the sprinkler guys are here at 7 a.m. So I opened the door, and I go, why didn't you guys show up at 5 a.m.? Like, what, what's really the difference? <laughs> you know, like, I, I actually got up to go to the bathroom at 5 a.m., so I was awake. It would have been better if you shared at 5 a.m. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. I'm very grateful, very blessed, but, you know, just wanted to share that.
7: Sprinkler, <laughs> Sprinkler guys. <laughs> Thanks for sharing
4: that. That's good. Hey, uh, right. I, I know you, you love the trade deadline.
9: Uh, who, who won? Who won the trade deadline? Oh, man. I, you know, I got to I got to be honest. I think fans in the American West won the trade deadline because Max Scherzer and Joseph Verlander, don't let them fool you. They're not friends. And they never became friends when they reunited in New York. The fact that Max Scherzer heard that Burlander might get traded to the Rangers after his start said, I need to talk to ownership because uh, I need to know what the direction this team is going to be. And then he's the one that gets traded <laughs> to the Texas Rangers. And then Justin Burlander has the opportunity to be traded to the Dodgers or the Astros. And then he goes, You know what? I want to make sure that the Astros win the AL West and Max Scherzer doesn't go to the World Series. These two guys. Going to the top two teams in this division, I think adds so much, and you can write a better script. Um, but at, in terms of like a team that won it, um, man, I, I like what the Marlins did. The Marlins did stuff. They moved guys. They they made their team better. They they bulked up the back end of their bullpen. Lopez and Robertson's great. They moved Cooper, who wasn't in any home runs this year. Um, And they got uh, got a guy in Jake Berger, St. Louis kid, who's going to play every day. He's their third baseman. He's a natural third baseman. They moved Gene Segura. Um, They made moves like they want to go to the NLCS. I don't think anyone ever expected that. So good for the fan base in Miami. And I'm glad they made moves.
2: Greg, I always love your big, bold prediction. So the question after the trade deadline is what in the world the starting rotation is going to look like next season for the Cardinals. So what is your prediction of what the Cardinals starting rotation will look like next season, and who do you think will be a part of it?
9: I think there will be a major overhaul to that starting rotation, including the bullpen as well. I don't know why I feel like the Cardinals are going to make a massive trade in the offseason. A a massive trade to bring in someone who's got controllable years. Uh, I'm looking at the list of free agents, and, and it, it's bulky. The, there are a lot of guys to pick from on the menu, but I just see the Cardinals uh, going in a different direction. I think they signed one free agent starter. I think they make a trade for another. And of the guys that I believe will still be in that rotation, I, I still believe Matthew Libertor's got a lot of upside. But for some reason, I look at him as Andrew Miller with not exactly the same kind of wipeout stuff. Andrew Miller was a failed starter but became a major weapon, everyone in St. Louis knows, as a reliever. And I think Libertor falls into that category for me. So I think Miles Michaelis is a shoe in I don't don't think there's any debate that because he's under contract that he'll be back. And then after that, it's, it's up in the air. And I, I know people will roll their eyes at that I think there's going to be a major overhaul to the starting rotation for the St. Louis Cardinals, and it's needed.
4: Greg, Tyler Glassnow is due $25 million from the Rays next year. Safe to say that the Rays aren't going to pay $25 million for Tyler
9: Glassnow? I think it's safe to say they won't do that. The only thing that I will, uh, you know, I'll curb the enthusiasm on a Tyler Glassnow trade. Look up his baseball reference page. We all know this guy looks – he's got the greatest hair in all of baseball. Um, he's, he's 6'8", I believe. Chiseled, yep. some of the best stuff in baseball. I don't think he's made 40 career starts. Maybe he has. He just surpassed that. He's been in the league for like five years, and he hasn't made 40 career starts. So we're enamored with this guy who literally has played the Zach Wheeler game better than Zach Wheeler. Wheeler didn't pitch and got $100 million because when he did pitch, we'd love to spin rate the velocity. Tyler Glass now is rewriting that script. He's going to get paid $150 million or more uh, eventually when he enters free agency without really using his right arm. So durability to me is a major red flag for the guy. But when he pitches, you're looking at some of the nastiest stuff in the game.
4: And he's never made more than 14 starts in a season. Great point,
5: Greg. When you're you're talking about pitchers and potential trade partners, it sounds like Dylan Cease would be a, a name that the Cardinals could go after. And there seems to be uh, some some misunderstanding by Cardinal fans that believe that that wouldn't include Nolan Gorman or one of those types of names going in Chicago's direction for for Dylan Cease to be here.
9: Uh, I. Little fans terms of St. Louis need to come to terms with the type they held on to Nolan Arenado. They held on to Nolan Arenado. If you're going to make a move for Dylan Cease, who's got years of control, you better believe that once they came out and said that Nolan Arenado not going to be traded, the number one name that was being thrown out by other front offices was Nolan Gorman. That's the guy they wanted. So, I, 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 it's, it's, uh, oh, hold on one second. Sprinkler, guys? This is amazing. This is amazing radio. Hold on one second. Yeah, we gotta hold hear on. this. No, let's, you yeah. gotta okay. hear this. Okay.
7: Hold on one second. Here we go. Uh, hello. Company, can you come outside for a minute? I need to show you
9: a Okay, I will. I'm on the radio right now. So, I'll be, and I know that sounds crazy. I would be downstairs in like three to five minutes, okay?
4: We'll keep more than three. I do, five, thank maybe. you, thank you. We're gonna frustrate the sprinkler guys.
9: Uh, yeah, yeah, They want you yeah, to, way to inside, go. Huh? Way to go, guys. Way to go. He's mad. I, I just upset the sprinkler guys.
7: Thank
9: you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be downstairs in three to five minutes. Yeah. but Anyway, what I was saying is, Billy Gorman definitely, definitely the name that thrown out. But aren't you guys, I, I, sometimes people say Louis have to me like some of your stories, Am Singer. I'm not buying them. I'm glad you actually know. That I wasn't lying to you, when I said the sprinkler guy's been here since seven a.m.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, and and we like the job. That, we like that the the fact that they are asking questions It's really important. You don't want to put put this. You don't want the sprinkler put in the wrong spot, Greg. So the fact that they're calling and asking questions is a valuable thing for you.
9: Yeah, I also have a leak apparently in my yard, and there's like a water bubble on one part of my yard, which is terrible. And I just found that out as as he was like walking and scanning at seven a.m. So who knows what a water bubble costs you? So I, I, I'm literally sitting here on the radio with you. I just I can feel the dollars bleeding my wallet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Greg, are the Cubs going to come back and make a playoff uh, spot here?
9: I can't, I can't believe that. Marcus Stroman, ERA over eight. They just put him on the IL. Kyle Hendricks has no swing and miss. I just don't think they have enough pitching. And I was really interested to see what they were going to do at the deadline. Like, how far are you going to go? All right, if you're going to hold on to Belliger and you're going to hold on to all these guys, then aren't you going to be a buyer? There are teams that just underperformed. I think you, when you ask who won the trade deadline, I'm still haunted by the teams that kind of lost the trade deadline. The Orioles didn't do enough. The Reds did nothing, which just is so irritating. Mm-hmm. What are the, what direction are the Mariners going in? I mean, Who knows? We don't really know. So as in the Yankees, the Yankees have one area of their team that's good, and it's the bullpen. So they added an average reliever. That's all they did. And it's just mind-boggling some of the moves some of these teams made. Um, but, yeah, I – Look, I, I, I think that's what I walk away from. There are too many teams that did nothing they sat on their hands. And I think the Cubs sort of fell, fell into that category for me. What about the Cardinals? Uh, the Cardinals had to make a couple moves, and I don't know if they did. John Mose-Lock wasn't just going to give people away. I think the Flaherty move was a good one. When you look at the young, uh, even the 24-year-old second baseman they got, he can hit, and, and he's going to play in the big leagues at some point. He's close to the big leagues. Uh, they get another uh, minor leaguer along with him, and, and and he was asking for talent for a rental, and to get what he got back, I give him an A plus on that move. I'm not kidding. I give him an A plus on the Flaherty move. Other than that, um, you're going to look at the, some of the young players. It's kind of like up for debate as to did he get enough for the other players that he traded. But the Cardinals had to sell. It's a weird time to be a Cardinal fan because no one's used to this watching the Cardinals trade away talent. But, um, that's the kind of reality you're in now. You can't, you can't determine whether or not it was a good trade deadline after the hours after you sell. You have to wait two to three years to see if you got any real talent back.
2: Greg, I think some people were hoping at the trade deadline that maybe we would get some more clarity of the logjam in the outfield. But, of course, as you mentioned, you're not just going to move guys just to move guys. But do you think uh, during the offseason that maybe that will be a part of one of the trades that you're talking about, figuring out what you're going to do with some of these guys in the outfield?
9: Yes, I think that's where they're going to trade from their surplus of talent. I think Newbar and Walker are part of the future. And then everyone else, I mean, Burleson looked pretty good yesterday um o'neal's an interesting talent uh dylan carlson is too talented to just come in as defensive replacement at the end of games they're going to make a move they have to make a move and, and and that's not even scratching the surface of the talent they have in the minor league level in the outfield so the cardinals have to do something and i think they will uh but you might also see a significant bat in the infield get moved as well and uh not a goldschmidt not a Naranato ownership wants to win again and that is the commitment that that group has made to the city of St. Louis so uh, I, I think there will be a massive trade in the offseason when it makes more sense when they're not under the gun and you'll see the, the Redbirds try to reinvent things on the mound because that is the number one priority going into 2024.
4: Hey Greg last thing how much are you we were talking yesterday about the energy that comes from a pennant race and, and the playoffs. How much do you get energized now that we're in the stretch run?
9: I love it. You know, I uh, the All Star Game is fun, it's a lot of work, and then you go right to Cooperstown, which is the induction ceremony, which is great, a lot of work, and then you get ready for the trade deadline, which is so much fun. But obviously, it's hours and hours of television all the way going up to the wire. So it's loads of fun to do all those things. But now you kind of settle in, right? You settle in and you get ready for the month of September and then all the call-ups and then all the pennant races. Now you got all these teams that think they're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, it was a seller's market because there are just too many teams ready to buy. There are too many teams trying to win. So the price of poker went way up if you're trying to acquire a starter or a reliever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a fun time. I always hope for a week where there are at least two races that have been undecided. We just need that last week to really matter. And I really believe if you look at the wild card standings, that's going to be the case. If you look at the AL West, I really think it's going to be down to the wire. If you look at the NL Central, I think that division is going to go down to the wire. The AL Central, which I really didn't even get into, what was that about? New rule. (laughs) New rule. (laughs) If you are popping bottles with a sub-500 record, you find out you're not going to the playoffs. Go ahead. You celebrate. You can celebrate. You got a division title. You're going to hang up that pennant. That's awesome. You won the AL Central. But if you ended the year 80 and 82, you didn't make the playoffs. Uh, That's fair, a new rule for me.
4: Fair enough new rule. Okay, one <laughs> thing, because I just need to frustrate these sprinkler guys. Do you do you play Immaculate Grid on your phone, and have you lost if you play?
9: I I played it. Um, I'm not someone that plays games um, in general, uh, uh, other than like physical sports games. I don't do, what is it, Wordle or any of that other stuff. But my researchers brought this game to my attention, and I played it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, to me, it looks like um, bathroom entertainment. That <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
7: That's
9: a great call.
7: It's it a great
4: call. Yeah, I
9: concur. It's Bathroom entertainment, well, which falls into a whole new category. Um, I think. I think we're leading that. This is going to lead to like a bathroom entertainment network, where yeah. we have these little things that we do that we watch. Maybe I should be the executive producer of the bathroom entertainment network. But I think they do fall. <laughs> into that category.
5: Greg, yesterday, Kerry Davis was playing the football version. Tell him what happened. It made my day, Greg. They asked for an Indianapolis coat and an Atlanta Falcon, and I put myself, Kerry Davis, I was 0. 0.0006. No, oh, man! <laughs> it made it my day, though. Hey, I may have been the only person that has done it that put my name on it, but I was proud of myself. That's cool. a
9: that damn please sack at that moment. Damn please Who... Who got it saved for the Blue Jays and the Brewers? And Dan Fulisak's like, oh, man, I got to put my name
7: down.
9: (laughs) 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 You (laughs) professional athletes have already lived these beautiful lives. And now you get to flex again over all of us normal people who will never put our names down in this game. So it a it's a friend. wonderful thing.
4: It was. It hey, really was. Uh, we'll let you get back to your your sprinkler system. Hope though the water bubble gets taken care of. Have a great day. We'll be watching you on MLB tonight. And as always, thanks for your time, brother.
9: Hey, hey, thank you. And if they're mad, I'm just going to forward them Randy Character's information. <laughs> you <just> so, Randy, <laughs> if you get a call, now you'll know why.
4: The 101 ESPN app. They can find us as long as they tune in. I don't <laughs> care how. <laughs> All right. I'll let them know. <laughs> See man. That's Greg yeah. Amsinger, MLB Network, uh, product of the Lindenwood University and uh, a product of St. Charles High School and grew up here in St. Louis and
5: now is a superstar. Yeah. Good. He's got it going over there.
2: Hopefully, he gets the sprinkler situation figured out. Yeah. Yeah.
5: That is a frustrating thing. Home ownership is a lot, man. There's a lot yes. going on there, yeah. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, dude. you got to yeah, keep dude. up with oh stuff, don't God. you?
5: my yeah. Who the hell decided this? <laughs> Where are the landlords. Come fix this. Come
4: fix this, right? Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave. You get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, and that is 314 399 314 399. Yo ho. TOLI next on 101 ESPN.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It.
1: I want to say something? Want to put it out there?
0: If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get
1: your text in to 314 399 9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It.
3: Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing.
6: That's my final oath. Take it
4: or leave it. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service, text line, 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! Okay, kids, a word has it on the street. That Rich Paul and Adele could be married any day now. Adele with a net worth of $220 million. Rich Paul at one hundred and twenty. He is LeBron's agent and runs LeBron's sports agency. And, oh, by the way, he was the one that refused to sign a prenup, but they've decided to go forward without a prenup. But take it or leave it, <laughs> they will be, they will surpass... Beyonce and Jay-Z as the ultimate power couple in Celebrity.
2: No, I'm going to leave leave that. that. Yeah, no. Jay-Z and Beyonce are top tier. So is Rich Paul
5: and Adele. I had people argue me that Jay-Z and Beyonce were more popular while he was president than Obama and uh, President Obama and Michelle Obama. I can see that. That beehive man, they're powerful. That would lead me to say (laughs) I'm going to leave it. That's true. That's a powerful (laughs) couple. Yeah, Yeah, that's
4: that's that's pretty powerful couple. Yeah, you got uh, Ben Affleck and J Lo. I think you know they're they're probably what they're they're in top five maybe. No, I don't
2: don't think people like them as much. I don't like Ben. Yeah, they yeah. like well, J Lo. No, some people don't like J Lo though because of all of her beef with Mariah Carey, where oh, Mariah that's is hinted the, towards, and then Ashanti. A shan- a apparently, J Lo uh, used some of her vocals. I don't know.
4: I, I read. Word has it that uh, J Lo used to not like it when people would look in her eyes. Now she's kind of lightened
5: up. They a little, said the but... same thing about um, Mariah Carey. I thought, like oh, she, yeah, yeah, she yeah. don't. Yeah. Prince too. They were, they were some, some of these artists Wait, are strange. Yeah. You couldn't look Prince in his eye. You just
2: yeah. what? You, you told
8: me that J Lo might not be like the most accomplished singer in the
2: world. I don't. I think some people we're said that she's s- not a what? real we're singer. We're not gonna
5: settle what? for any J Lo slander
8: here. Oh, huh?
2: oh, oh we have a J Lo standing here. Just about I'm her
5: just, singing. Just about <laughs> her Exceptionally talented.
2: Yeah, she's she's,
5: she's talented. talented. She's very
2: talented. Yeah. I do like Ashanti, though. Shanti.
7: I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I like Ashanti a lot. <laughs> I'm that <personal>. yeah, <laughs> from. You
5: didn't even mean to have that expression, and you did. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I do.
2: Oh.
5: <laughs> Randy, football is back today. Yep. Browns versus the Jets. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it, Deshaun Watson has a better year than Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to leave that. I don't know, Randy. Deshaun Watson, when healthy and when obviously playing, he's a really, he was a top five quarterback in Houston. And, in
1: Houston. And
5: he was doing it with nobody around him
4: either. That's what I'm saying. But he's now he's got, in
5: Cleveland. Oh, that's not his fault. It's but just, you can't
4: do it in Cleveland. You just can't.
5: Well, if they yeah. hand the ball off to that guy, number 24, who squats like 600 pounds, well, then, that helps. Yeah, that, that does. But I don't know if it helps him put up numbers.
4: I think the league is set up for Aaron Rodgers to have a successful year in New York.
5: I don't know. I think I think Deshaun might actually, we'll see. We'll keep an eye
4: on that one. That's, uh, I'll tell you what, if you look at that, the year that he led the league in passing yards, it was crazy. Let me f- hold on here one second, and I'll tell you who he was throwing to the year he led the league in passing yards. And it was actually the last full season that Deshaun Watson played. He threw 4,823 was yards. Wasn't it but, wasn't
5: De- DeAndre
4: Hopkins? Wasn't that his Was uh, Was DeHop there? I think he might have been gone by now. Oh, okay. Him. Uh, so their receivers. Oh, Brian Cooks. Uh, yeah, I, I think he was there. Uh, let's see. Receiving receptions. Here we go. Uh, Cooks with 81 yep. catches. Will Fuller with 53. Yeah. Not in the league anymore. Randall Cobb. Jordan Aikens. David Johnson. Kiki, Kiki, Kiki Kuti. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Duke Johnson, Darren Fells, like Chad that. Hans. I mean, you had Cooks and... Uh, Just a a group of guys. A group of guys. And he led the league in passing yards. He was really good. Yeah. I
2: don't know. I'm yeah. gonna have to leave it because I think Aaron Rodgers, as you said, Randy. I don't know. I feel like there, there's something going on there. They're I think cooking.
4: The league wants that.
2: Oh yes. If so, we're if we're gonna talk about what everybody was talking about, yeah, well, scripting things script. last season. We got the
5: script. You, you all didn't get it in your email? No, you didn't I'm check still waiting email. for my okay. script. I I mean, it to start. Player. Oh, okay. 15. Well, it, it last night. Well, tonight is the night. So okay. it usually comes out the night before. Oh, okay. The script for the entire season.
2: That makes sense. I was yeah. reading
5: over it last night, and that's why that's why I gave you that yeah. ticket to leave it.
2: Us in the media. (laughs) But
4: if if you like, if you're a league and you like having a villain, then you want Deshaun Watson to succeed.
7: Mm.
5: Mm. Well, they
4: don't like villains. They don't. You never know. They are villains. They They are villains. They don't like other villains. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) You got the ultimate villain out in L.A.
2: Last night. I mean, how can you be more of a villain
4: than the (laughs) devil?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Mm. that's very true. So last night, guys, uh, Jack Flaherty talking to Orioles Media and his comments. Caused quite a stir. I don't know if you guys saw that. I think I sent it in the group chat last night. So Jack, in this quote, said, "It's exciting to be on a good team. It's exciting to be on a team that's in it. There was a lot of promise in St. Louis. Things didn't work out. Sometimes that's the way it goes. You can't do much about it. And now it's about moving forward. Take it or leave it. That shouldn't stir up a bunch of controversy. No, not at all. No. And if maybe if it was somebody (laughs) else,
5: you know what? Cardinal fans. he, He. he didn't, he didn't lie. He was first class, he not was a, as good as he gets. This isn't a good team right now. They, he went to a much better team, and it is what it is. Right. Who are you mad at? You just, people want to point a finger at anybody. It's your fault. I've heard so many people blame this year. We had promise and it didn't work out.
4: I mean, it's probably the same people that said, oh, we had no chance at the beginning of the season because of our starting pitching. He was actually being nicer to the Cardinals than a lot of their fans
2: were. Yes. Well, and I think too, just the perception that some people have about Jack Flaherty and his feelings towards St. Louis, Uh what they think. That he feels about it, I think, really drives some of those comments. And there was a lot of rational people who stepped in on Twitter and said, I don't see what's wrong. And I even texted you guys, I was like, I mean, I, did everybody see the the Cardinals this
7: season? <laughs> yeah, I right, mean, exactly. <laughs> you
2: yeah, watch Rose this. It, it wasn't on. a good season. I, and I've heard so many players make that same exact comment. It's not a slight on the organization. It's just more of you're obviously going to a team that's competing right now, and it didn't work out this season. Right.
8: Matthew, what do you got on the text line? Take it or leave it. Larsa Pippen will be spotted with Jalen Brown before the season starts. Take it. Oh, leave it. <laughs> eh,
5: young woman <laughs> is not bothering anyone. Bulletin, apparently
4: official. Uh, Flash. Uh, apparently, she wants to have kids with Marcus Jordan. I don't know. Right? She's well, She's like 48.
2: We'll
4: huh? find the, <laughs> Good luck. I'll find the she's story. She's 48. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. Oh, Good luck. Okay.
4: And Marcus is 32. 49 now for Larsa. Oh.
8: What did Jamie Foxx oh. say, Kerry? Have one of your kids. Yeah. Got you for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. Take it or leave it. Contreras doesn't catch the most games for the Cardinals next season.
5: Take it. Leave it. Oh. Leave it. Give me a number. Um, number of games that he catches? Yeah. 90. Okay. Marcus said there's been... Which would make him yep, yep. having more games. Go
4: I got to read this to you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, in <laughs> People, People Magazine. <laughs> Uh, This is the, the, if you missed it, you can't continue to miss it. It's the iHeartRadio podcast, Separation Anxiety with Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan. Uh, Quote, there's been conversations around having kids. When we go and meet people, I'm introducing you to some of my friends or you introduce me to some of your friends. And I feel like it gets brought up. But I feel like we've never had a one-on-one private conversation about having children. But it's not out of the question. Oh, okay. 49-year-old Larsa. Uh, what do you think? Good for them. Yep. Uh,
5: well, I, whatever I makes you happy. I'm all for As that.
8: long as they're happy, if kids. you happy, yep. do your thing, man. Yeah. I'm with you. Take it or leave it. Hudson pitching well is not a good thing. we will put him in the 2024 rotation. I'm going to leave that.
2: <laughs> I'm going to leave that. I, I really really hope that. Well, I don't know. I, I was about to say that the Cardinals wouldn't be duped by a good performance <laughs> or two, but then again <laughs> then again.
4: Net net. How can it be a bad thing?
5: Mm. <laughs> Did you, have you watched the games this year <laughs> yeah. have, you,
8: have you been watching Or yeah.
4: okay one more of these one more of these fabulous take it or
8: leave it take it or leave it M- Ali Mall is not your manager of the year I'll take it oh, <laughs> not well. your
2: manager of yeah, the year
5: listen come on Yeah. Go ahead. Right. Well, he's not going to win manager of the year clearly this team is last in the division you generally have to be I think first in your division mm-hmm. at least. Yep. And right now they are dead last. I okay. would say that you're. Yeah. They, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think That of you. you? One yeah.
4: Yeah. Hold on. You, you got Gabe Kapler. I think David Bell, especially if they make the playoffs. Yeah. He and Skip, Skip Schumacher has mm. to be right there too.
7: Yeah, yeah.
8: Uh, Taylor, leave it. The Jets finished third behind Miami and Buffalo. Rogers at end of the season, he's outside top ten quarterbacks. Leave it. I think Miami, third.
4: Miami yeah. and Buffalo. Miami losing Jalen Ramsey is a big blow to them. He's, he'll miss a few weeks. Yeah, and two is not going to stay healthy the whole year. Uh, no, he's, he's out for half the season. Ramsey is with he, the knee. Is he, he's he's it, it the half knee. season? I thought yeah. it was only a
5: couple, two or three, three or four
4: weeks. No, it's like I think they said. Six to eight, and Uh-oh. I think Mc, uh, McDaniel said a significant amount of time. So Ooh. hopefully he'll be back. He's going to work at it. No. So that was a big, big loss. And then Tui, you know, is going to be hurt at some point. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, huh. Thank He's you, Matthew. Be
5: He's been doing taekwondo
4: or jujitsu. Oh. Well, that's a good thing. Hey, is there <laughs> a disconnect between uh, the way that we think about the Cardinals and the way they think about their level of competitiveness? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
3: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
9: ownership wants to win again and that is the commitment that that group has made to the city of St. Louis so uh, I think there will be a massive trade in the offseason when it makes more sense for are not under the gun and you'll see that the Redbirds try to reinvent things on the mound because that is the number one priority going into 2024.
4: That's Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, last hour with us here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN, where it's 8.04, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Now, Greg says the Cardinals are trying to win, that that's a commitment that the Cardinals have tried to make. But the owner has not come out and said things, for example, like Steve Cohen, the owner of the Met, says on the heels of trading Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Steve Cohen said about going into free agency this offseason, that the moves they made don't preclude us from being very competitive next year. I'm competitive, okay? I'm opportunistic. So we'll see what happens over the winter. Being competitive in 2024 is how Billy Upler, their general manager, has also described the Mets' intentions. How does Cohen define competitive? He said, quote, I think the expectations were really high this year, and my guess is next year it'll be a lot lower. I don't want to roll a team out there we're going to be embarrassed by, but we also know that spending a fortune doesn't guarantee you a trip to the playoffs. Do you guys think, because I think there is, a disc- that there is a disconnect between the level of competitiveness that Bill DeWitt Jr. has, maybe doesn't display as openly as Steve Cohen, and the level of competitiveness that many fans think he has?
5: You think that you are, is there I, a difference? I,
4: I think the Cardinals try to win. I, I think if the Cardinals weren't trying to win, that they wouldn't go sign, even though it's foolish, yeah. as it turns out, but they wouldn't have given $87.5 million to Contreras. They wouldn't have traded for Arnato They wouldn't have traded for Goldschmidt. They wouldn't have signed Stephen Matz to the contract. You can do what the Cardinals are doing this year for a whole lot less money than they're doing now. Have they done it perfectly? Because they've had some missteps in terms of spending their money, As you mentioned, and it's a fact Until the Cardinals traded Their starting pitchers They had the third highest starting rotation Payroll in the National League That tells me that they are Trying to win. Now, is it working for them? No, but I think they're competitive You can be competitive and still Not win. You can be trying To be competitive and still not win And I think that's what's happening to the 2023 Cardinals
5: they, it's about signing the right people and then those people actually going out and performing, and that's pretty much what I was saying all season early on is guys have to perform better. The guys weren't performing at the level of their contracts, and Nolan Arenado was one of them. He was struggling at the beginning of the season. We've seen the inconsistency with the starting rotation and the relievers. It's just been a lot of inconsistent play, and you're paying for guys to be good, but they're not. they weren't good at that time.
2: I think that they have, personally, this is just my own belief, when it comes to roster construction and how they've looked at things, especially if you look at these past few years, that they were more competing against the division. And you even heard that so many times. Mm-hmm. Even this season where it was patience, where it seems like they were expecting the rest of the division to bottom out, and look at what happened. It didn't happen. No. And the roster construction just was not set in place. Offensively, obviously good numbers, but there was times where it wasn't on a consistent basis. And then when you talk about pitching, the starting pitching, the bullpen, we've talked about the blown saves, but starting pitching, just really putting the team in a hole early on in so many games, it felt like then they kind of backed away competitively in those games. So those are very frustrating moments. I would hope, and as you mentioned, they did make some moves where you would think they'd be competitive. It is a little bit concerning when last offseason you do go sign Wilson Contreras at seems like they were very laser focused on finding just a catcher this past offseason you can't have that same mindset going into this season as what I was saying earlier where yes of course you're going to look at what Matthew Lipitor shows you're you going to look at what Dakota Hudson shows you but I hope that they aren't just going to rely on some of those internal options and they realize we do need to go spend money now I'm sure in their minds they were like well we can't go spend too much money look at what happened with the Mets and the Padres but you could also look to the Texas Rangers Mm -hmm. and their body of work of what they did this past offseason, the things in place, and also the way that they were able to supplement their coaching staff. Those are all those pieces to putting it together chemistry-wise, fundamental-wise, and roster construction-wise where it works out. And then you even have more of a competitive advantage where when guys go out, like a DeGrom, you're able to add more guys in. You're able to go and get a Jordan Montgomery, Max Scherzer, and supplement the staff even more.
4: Spending money on the staff, when you are bringing in quality people is always a great expenditure. And Bruce Bochy had done it before. Mike Maddox had done it before. Donnie Ecker, their hitting coach out of the Cardinal system, has done it before. This is the second team where he's built a, a spectacular offense. He did it with the Giants a few years ago. And so the, the Rangers did go all in on spending money. That's one of the things. Since Tony La Russa left, who was a five or six million dollar a year manager, Cardinals have not had the, the big money experienced manager taking nothing again away from Ali Marmol. But you can't have experience if you don't have experience. And Tony La Russa and Whitey Herzog and Joe Torre's experience benefited them to different levels when they were here. And very rarely do managers uh, in their first job win world championships. Occasionally it'll happen. But for the most part... People are on their second third, fourth jobs when they win championships,
5: so what gives you confidence that the cardinals can rectify this situation because clearly to me, we talked about it you know when we do bird watch how how well the cardinals hitting has been i 'm looking at these numbers now i 've been going major league and national league they're top five in o p s hits home runs, and average, which lets me know that they 're doing pretty well at the plate um, but how do you what confidence do you have in this organization to figure out which pitchers are going to be the correct pitchers going forward. Right now, you're looking at three potential of the five uh, to having to replace You Dakota Hudson pitched great last night. Can he sustain that every single fifth day? Is that something you will be able to see? Will you see Libertor sustain mm-hmm. that every fifth day? That's my question going forward. What confidence do I have, or do fans have, in the organization to find the right pitchers to make sure that we are doing uh, that? We have the right guys to we can win, get, win games.
4: And this answer is patently unfair, but I got to be real. The last time the Cardinals were in the World Series, Bill DeWitt was seventy-one years old. Now he's eighty-one years old. Generally, we don't remain cutting edge as we get to our 80s. We don't stay as mentally sharp or on top of things as we were when we were in our 70s or 60s or 50s. I don't know where he is in terms of his cutting edge philosophy in baseball. He brought in Jeff Luno and basically started analytics departments in baseball. Bill DeWitt Jr. did in 2003. It was 20 years ago. I don't know. So I can't answer your question because I don't know how sharp he is or if he is prepared to make the moves necessary or think through the moves necessary to get the Cardinals to where we all expect them to be.
2: But didn't you say that how long had they been thinking about Nolan Arnato before they oh, even yeah. brought him here? Yeah. How long have they been thinking about it? So I think it would be a complete disservice to not only the fans, but Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, if you don't make sure that you're doing everything possible going into next season to show that you are going to compete, to go deep, not to have this happen whatsoever. Again, I think that... It would be a complete disservice to the fans and who continue to show up, which is amazing. That's you talk about the best fans in mm-hmm. baseball. That's being the best fans in baseball continuing to show up despite what has happened this year. And if you're going to keep Nolan Arnauto and Paul Goldschmidt, you didn't trade them away. Mm-hmm. Then you need to make sure you're doing whatever it takes to give this team the pieces it needs to be competitive next season. But would
4: you, you could could you make the argument that the Cardinals did that for Cardinal legends in Wainwright and Molina? What's going to change for these guys that didn't start their careers here? Yeah. So I I don't know that that's a real concern. It should be. Should you reward people's loyalty and desire? It should be. But I don't think that that factors into what the Cardinals do. I really don't because I think we would have seen uh, they had plenty of opportunities to supplement Waino and Yachty over the years and didn't take advantage of it.
5: I want to get to this text from the 314. We talked a lot about the rules changes and how that has impacted Mm -hmm. the Cardinals, whether it be the pitch clock or the lack of the shift. Uh, This person from 314 says the biggest rule change that affected Mo was the actual change in the schedule, not playing the Central Division as many times as you had in the past, which, I mean, if you look at it, the Cardinals have been able to beat up on a, what was or what has been a weak division when you're not playing as many games in the division maybe that changes what has caused this team to fail as well I'm, there, there are a number of things you can point at but I think that's one thing we haven't talked about or hadn't looked at it also
2: yeah, I think that that is a factor where you were so reliant on. Remember those days where you would play the Pirates you're so gonna, many times <laughs> and it would just bolter your, gonna, bolster you're gonna your win, win 30, column? 30,
8: win, 30 well, wins Let's in the bring that back. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: let's bring that back. Okay. We wouldn't be last in the division wouldn't if that was last. the case. But yeah. I think that that reliance on the rest of the division somehow sinking while you rise to the top is something that you can't do moving forward when you're talking about in regards to the balance schedule.
4: Last year of the Cardinals' ninety-three wins, they went thirty-eight and nineteen against the the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. Add in the the fact that they had the winning record against Milwaukee, they went forty-eight and twenty-eight against the National League Central, and their overall record was 93 and 69. So, sixty-nine, seventy-nine, eighty-nine. 79, 89. So, they went four over against the rest of baseball and 20 over against their division. So, yeah, that's that's a great point. Although, I don't think this team was as good as last year's team. No. Last year, you had Albert. You had Yachty. You had Yachty for half the season, which made a difference. And your, your pitching was better, and your fundamentals were better last year.
8: We're getting a fascinating dichotomy on the YouTube chat, because we're getting get comments from a guy like Ron S., who says, the fallacy all fans have is assuming the Cardinals ownership wants to win the world series that is why fans cannot understand the moves the teams makes or fails to make and so we have a negative comment like that and a couple other ones and yet i put out a poll do you think the cardinals ownership cares about winning and yes is 69 percent. no is 31 <laughs> percent. so it seems like the vocal minority is 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 definitely you know playing out in this case
4: yeah again if you're going to spend whatever 165 million dollars what why not spend 80 million dollars if you don't want to win the world series why would you go ahead and spend 165 million why would you have these people here if you don't want to win
2: yeah I, I just think that i would hope that they would do as much as possible to be competitive i know that you have the track record of what things have looked like with free agent signings in the past and it's it's not great whatsoever but you should be doing everything possible especially if you are going to keep nolan Arnato and paul goldschmidt then you should be supplementing this staff
4: and what you need to do is be smarter right? Yes. It's it's not about the amount of money you spend. The Braves exactly. and Padres have shown us that. It's about being smart. Tampa Bay I think is 27th and Baltimore is 28th in payroll this year. Yes. Two best teams in the American League. It's about being smart, not about spending a lot of money. That is today's Fresh Take Here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, NFL training camps are underway. We've got NFL news and notes coming your way on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: All right, the NFL season starts tonight. It's the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. The Browns and the Jets, you'll hear it here on 101 ESPN. Starting at 6.30, Aaron Rodgers will be in uniform for the Jets for the first time. Probably will not play, but... The story of the NFL offseason was his move and he'll be in uniform wearing number 8 for the New York Football Jets. It's
5: gonna be an interesting year for them. They had a uh, really good team last year then the record doesn't show that they they needed a quarterback. They went out and found, went out and got Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. You got the rookie offensive player of the year, the rookie defensive player of the year, could have had the offensive uh, rookie player of the year in, in Brees Hall had mm-hmm. he not gotten hurt. So there's a lot of talent. You re-sign Quentin Williams. They have a lot of talent going forward, uh, and it's going to be intriguing to see how well you know they bring over Alan Lazard. It's a lot of pieces that they brought in and maybe signing Dalvin Cook, which could – Uh, really put them in a position to solidify what they have on that offense.
4: Interesting story in Cincinnati for all of the talk from running backs around the NFL about how they're underpaid. Joe Mixon took a pay cut in Cincinnati so that he could help the team win.
5: And to stay. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was the best move for him. Probably not financially, but for his career, having another year there for a team that he believes has the potential and they've shown it over the last couple of years to to be a championship team, gotten to the Super Bowl, came up just short because of aaron donald and and his ability to get to the quarterback but uh just that that to me is a great offense as well there are a lot of offenses in this AFC that are going to be potent and and that Bengals offense is just another one that is going to be really, really good.
2: Speaking of offenses, I wanted to ask you about Cooper Cup and what you think about that injury. That's pretty big, especially Scary. for fantasy, because he oh, yeah, was in yeah. my fantasy last year, well, and that was painful. when so. he's
5: when he's healthy, he's going to get 155, yes. 160, 170 targets. They're going to throw the ball. Matthew Stafford
2: almost doesn't know anybody
5: else on that offense <laughs> when he's healthy. It's like is Cooper open. he's not, I'm throwing it to him anyway. So,
2: you know. but when it, when he does what he's able to do, then it's hard to ignore him, right? It,
5: it really is. He's a special talent in. So, you know, I think it's for him it's only a couple of weeks, but a hamstring is one of those injuries we talked about it before with with quads and hamstrings. Those are injuries you don't really you don't want to have because they never feel completely healthy it always it's always the fear that you're going to pull it again it feels like it's tugging at you even when the doctors say no you're good and you're like no i'm not this is not how i normally feel when i run and time flies you say
4: when he's healthy i wonder if cooper cup is ever going to be healthy again yeah. he's 30 yeah he's had a couple of season ending injuries including last year and now he has the mm-hmm. the hamstring and by the way the rams are going to have the least experience two years after winning the super bowl the least experienced roster in the national football league this year
5: Wow! Yeah. It come, life comes at you fast Yeah, it you sure does.
4: picks Yeah, but, but they—they've got their. Uh, they, it's cool that the, uh, it's really cool that the, that they've got their ring. I'm I'm really glad that they they got their ring.
5: Really? Are you? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, Are you Are you more happy now that they're in misery?
4: Well, I I, I feel bad <laughs> for their fans. You know, and, and you know, weird stuff happens when you when you start losing. It happens to the owner. I oftentimes get stopped in Los Angeles, and they'll go, "Are you that guy?" you assholes go back into St. Louis. So like you say Kerry, life comes at you fast. Life I mean 2 years ago he's the toast
5: of the town and now all of a sudden uh, you're going to get people attacking the old stand when he yeah. if he ever comes back to Missouri. Mhm. You think he comes back? Often? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, we won't
4: see him. He'll fly in on that private jet. He'll have a disguise on. Yeah. yeah. How about Peyton Manning attending training camp practice for the Packers to hang out with uh, Jordan Love, their quarterback?
5: He is an intriguing player. That that whole NFC North. I, I know we're going to get our text from our favorite Vikings fan here shortly. Mm. But uh, that NFC North is a is an intriguing division for me because. The Vikings obviously lost Dalvin Cook, which was an integral part of their offense. Adam Thielen is not there. Jordan Love with the Packers—they have everything still in place, I, other than Alan Lazard. Everything is still in place. That young core receivers, Dobbs and and Christian Watson were were came on late last year and were mm-hmm. really good. I think Jordan Love might win this division with the Green Bay Packers, and he wow. might be better than what people are assuming him to be. It, it's going to be intriguing to watch. And Justin Fields is another one in that division. I know we're we're not talking much about the Detroit Lions, who were the up-and-coming team. I kind of feel like they may take a step back from what they were expected to be last year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers and Jordan Love have a really good year, which would... Lead me to believe that's why Peyton was there having conversations with him. He probably sees something in Jordan Love that we haven't been able to see yet. And one other note: word from New England that Bill Belichick
4: won't commit to Mac Jones as the starting quarterback for the Patriots on opening day. What's up with
5: that? Good job, Bailey Zappy. You put a little uh, put a little pressure on old Mac. Oh, I love it. I. I, I what difference does it make? I mean, you didn't know who the OC was last year, and we saw that how, how that turned out. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. the same thing for for New England. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I think Mac Jones is gonna start, but man, nah, does yeah, it doesn't matter? Little, little who are they throwing the ball to out there? I think they got Juju. Oh, they did get Juju. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't. And they got a couple of. Well, they got
4: rid of one of the high priced tight ends yeah, that they got.
5: Yeah, uh, Hunter Henry. He's gone. He, he might he's still, still there? be there, but he's hurt got, all the time. Who's yeah. the guy they got
4: from Tennessee?
5: Uh, oh, tight end uh, from Florida International. But it I think you. he's gone now. Why can't I say? Why don't Janu I know? Johnu Smith. Janu Smith. Yeah. yeah, Johnu. Johnu Smith. It's a great name.
2: That is a great name. So. I don't know what the Hunter Henry, I, great Razorback. I don't know if oh, yeah. the uh, yeah.
5: if the if the. New England Patriots are gone. They probably finished last in the division, in my opinion.
4: I would be crushed if that happened. I don't um,
5: think you said two things today. I don't think you're, you're telling us the truth. I'm not. Well, okay. That's a,
4: <laughs> you know
5: what? That'd be a typical Bill, Bill
4: Belichick season without Tom Brady, right? Um, and oh, by the way, speaking of Tom Brady, happy birthday, Tommy! Oh,
7: happy birthday, Tommy!
4: Six today. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, Selling all kinds of supplements and getting people to drink water and be healthy and buying into soccer teams and football teams and pretty soon he'll be the owner of the Raiders. Uh, so yeah, he he is living as uh, dating Irina Shayk. Is that her name? S H A. I don't know how
2: to say it, but I know who you're talking about. Another Victoria's Secret model.
4: Oh, he's all over that. I wonder how he finds Do you think there's any controversy? I would say that yeah, the the colleagues probably are kind of. Are they talking? the 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 word on the street was that that Giselle desired for Tom to move on but not with a colleague. Oh.
5: <laughs> you that think they get sense. around the water cooler and talk yeah. about what what old Tommy boy is yeah. doing I'm like a him. <laughs> what is what's got going for
8: him? Hey, when you end <laughs> it, you don't get to set terms. That's
5: true. This is true. This is true. Yeah, mm. This is true.
8: true.
2: I, I, Can't have it all, huh?
4: No. So, <laughs> NFL News and Notes and again, Browns and Jets 6:30 pregame here on 101 ESPN, and we will have NFL Football for you throughout the NFL season here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, uh, Matthew, do you have a fighter today? You need a fighter? Okay, if you if you text into the uh, the text line, the Air Comfort Service text line, 314 399 399 Yo Just text in your name and the word fight to that line and perhaps Matthew will pick you as our fighter today here on 101 ESPN
1: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league Starring Lawrence Fishburne Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman and Ed O'Neill FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're back to the opening drive
3: podcast on 101
1: ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, Average job.
5: Welcome back to the opening, <laughs> to the opening <laughs> drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Anthony, and our producer, Rockio, is singing Jamie Foxx in our ears. <laughs> okay. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Do it. All right. Here we go. Which Against which AL club did Joe DiMaggio's 56 game hit streak end? Is it the Baltimore Orioles, the Cleveland Indians, or the New York Giants?
9: Uh, Let's go with the Orioles.
2: Which New York Jets defender knocked out Drew Bledsoe and cursed the rest of us with 23 years of Tom Brady? That felt personal, Rock, when you wrote this question. James Ferrier, Mo Lewis, or John Abraham?
10: Uh, The first one.
5: Ronald Acuna just became the first player since 2007 to hit 25 home runs and still 50 bases in a season. Who was the last player to do it? Is it Hanley Ramirez, Jose Reyes, or Raja Davis?
10: Uh, let's, uh, let's say Jose Reyes.
2: In baseball history, only one player has more seasons with 30-plus home runs and 100 RBI seasons than Albert Pujols's 12. Who is it? Is it Barry Bonds, Jimmy Fox, or Alex Rodriguez?
9: Uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Hey,
8: All right, we'll double-check our scoring. We'll bring
5: in Randy Carricker. Anthony, how you feeling? Uh, not great. Not great. Okay. Well, you know, it happens sometimes. They were uh, worried that you, when you first called in, that you may be Anthony Stalter. You are clearly not Anthony Stalter, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, in disguise. Yeah, I was just checking. You didn't sound like him. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs>
7: Oh whoa
6: whoa! Oh, what did we get ha- that on oh film? Oh my! <laughs> There's things <laughs> oh, That flying.
5: might be that what might be on the YouTube channel. <laughs> what just happened? Oh wait, just can, we see. can watch this on
2: YouTube oh, yeah. right now. Oh, I'm watching. Uh, Here we go. 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 <laughs>
5: <laughs> Why is mine so delayed? <laughs>
2: did you see it? You? Oh. Oh, that anyway, was a, you, that was a moment. Okay?
5: I'm
4: fine.
2: That was scary. At least you didn't lose the banana. That's the most important oh, part. Yeah, Brandy. That's the most I was important talking word. to our, our <laughs> general
4: manager, John Kioski. He loves our show, which is good. It's That's always nice. good when the boss loves the show. That is wonderful. That's
2: important.
5: Yeah, <laughs> Look at Rock put his hands up. All right, because <laughs> <laughs> I blame him for everything.
4: That's why. Randy, say hello to Anthony. Anthony, good morning. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing great, Randy. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Anthony, I'm sorry. He uh, is loading up his machine as we speak. I wish we could get cameras to show your your machine. I was was just moving stuff around. I thought you were loading the key and queuing it up. Well... Just, I, saw, just, just in I case. saw red buttons well, light up. I <laughs> meant you hit something.
4: In, in the off chance that I win today, I want to be prepared.
5: Okay. All right. Just in the off chance. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Against which AL club did Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak end? I think it was against
4: Cleveland with the Indians back in the day.
2: Which back New York? Day. Ooh, back, back in the day. Which New York Jets defender knocked out Drew Bledsoe and cursed the rest of us with 23 years of Tom Jesus. Brady? Very personal.
5: Mo Lewis. <laughs> Mo. What's his M.O.? Ronald Acuna just became the first player since 2007 to hit 25 home runs and still 50 bases in a season. Who was the last player to do it?
4: 2007. Somebody did that, huh? 2007. That would have been uh, the year that... The, uh, who would have won the 2007 World Series The year after we, we being the Cardinals because we were in 2006, we won the World Series in 2006. In White 2007. Astros? What?
8: White Sox? Astros?
4: Uh, that was 2005. So, uh, 2007 would have been the, uh, the Marlins beating the Tribe in the World Series. Again, they were the Indians. Um... 25, we're at 25 and 50, is that right? Or 20 and 50. 25
5: home runs, 50 50 stolen stolen bases. Uh, I will do the lifeline here, sir. Hanley Ramirez, Jose Reyes, or Rajay Davis?
4: I think I'm going to go with Raj Davis. He had a couple of 45, 46 steal seasons. Raj Davis. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to go with him.
2: In baseball history, only one player has more seasons with 30 plus home runs and 100 plus RBI seasons than Albert Poole 12. Who is it?
4: 12 seasons of 30 and 100. Um,
8: I'm going to go Henry Aaron. We have a winner in today's fight. It's a close one, though. Anthony, just a question away. Potentially. I'm sending this one to overtime. Was it enough? Does Randy Carricker keep on rolling on? We gotta start getting some wins for these listeners. Let's go!
1: Ring that bell! The winner and still champion of the fight! Randy Character.
3: The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. <laughs> Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Oh, not
7: that
8: one.
5: Oh, oh Carrie, is it is it
8: is it Sarah McLaughlin and the little kid like the two most savage of the drops. Oh. A good job.
2: Good job guys. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. Sarah McLaughlin, are those yeah. his two most savage drops? I think drops? So. I think, I don't I think, think those are the two worst ones. He won't remember them though. Is a thing. He never does. God.
10: Brooke, never, <laughs> yeah. you remember what?
2: i'm saying because like the, you go through so many people you beat so many of the people that they're just Damn, you know faces to you
5: nameless Casting faces you, yeah
2: nameless faces
5: it's, it's, it, i've told people in the past it's not the fight it's the bludgeon yeah <laughs> he, well, and he takes pride in it
8: anthony got close <laughs> randy character took you down just two to one today in the fight anthony
9: uh uh-huh. I always
10: wondered what it felt like to sit through the barrage of. Uh, <laughs>
8: How did it feel?
10: You know, it really put me in my place. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. Yeah, that seems like a little harsh. Let's go through those answers anyhow. Against which AL club did Joe DiMaggio's 56 hit game. Uh, hit? 56-game hit streak, and excuse me, it was in fact the Cleveland Indians, and it was also Mo Lewis, the New York Jets defender that knocked out Drew Bledsoe and cursed us all with uh, 23 years of Tom Brady in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to Tom Brady today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ronald Acuna just became the first player since 2007 to hit 25 home runs and steal 50 bases in a season. Hanley Ramirez was the last wow, player to do Hanley. that, obviously. Marlins having a pretty good year, and in baseball history, only one player has more seasons with 30-plus home runs and 100 RBI than Albert Pujols is 12, and it is Alex Rodriguez with. Fourteen. Wow. Absolutely mm. incredible there. But a two one win for Randy Carricker. Again, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today, Anthony. All
10: right. Thanks,
8: guys.
5: Have a good one. Good job, thank Anthony. you very much. Can I give a shout out to somebody on the uh, on YouTube mm-hmm. machine? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Josh Henry, modern looking studio, thousands of dollars of equipment and still a thermostat <laughs> on the wall from 1980. <laughs> you, you, oh, you can see that. You can see that. it it's is in your shot.
2: freezing in here. <laughs> it is a cold day in here.
5: It is a really cold day. I need a blanket.
2: <laughs> i
5: don't want a coat i don't want a jacket not a sweater i need a blanket we'll see you with like a blanket oh, a sweatshirt a shawl. and just, a beanie Someone send carry a snuggie <laughs> i will wear
2: it or like the big jackets on I'm the gonna, sidelines yes. of, I, one of those purse. yeah we're,
5: we're gonna bring a heater in here
4: we gotta work on this yeah <laughs> See, I, I'm, an, I'm a grizzled veteran that's why I brought the jacket with me
5: mm. Mm. You, I thought about it this morning I was like oh, it's gonna be then I looked at the temperature and said, it's gonna get up to 80 89 I'm like I don't need a sweatshirt
2: not today and clearly then, I do whoopsies we do yeah it is
5: <laughs> it's, uh, I'll bet you that uh,
4: the, I think this studio was built in like 2002 and I bet that that's the thermostat from 2002
5: yeah. 21 years old there? maybe that's yes. still there yeah sure. still kicking Keep it going. (laughs) Coming up on 101
4: ESPN, we have our bird watch. Stick around. You're
3: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Kevin Mueller texts in on the old uh, YouTube. He says, I'm finished. He says that the fight is over, that I've slipped, that I can't remember anything anymore. Kevin, you couldn't be more right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's so. uh, But it happens, you know, everybody slips at some point. Father Time is undefeated, as it were. Uh, So, yeah, so um, uh, I, I will accept my fate
5: uh, I don't know that that's the case. Well, Kevin, you should uh, try old Randy yeah. character in the fight if Ooh, you feel that Kevin. way. Kevin's yeah. way
4: smarter than I,
5: I am. I, Kevin, <laughs> now, if you feel that way, you are more than welcome to text in, and maybe we can just get you in there. Yeah,
2: well, I think that's a rock. great idea. Yeah, it's, make
5: it happen. It's time for the uh, the the bird watch
4: because the Cardinals did win last night. Uh, let's start with uh, with Brooke. Brooke, what do you got for us?
2: Oh, you guys know what mine is going to be.
7: And Newt. 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 Oh new. Newt Newt Newt
2: Newt 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 Newt. Oh my gosh. I, I love the energy because you know what? Large new bar brings the energy, guys. He's had a really hot bat as of late. You saw his performance last night, two for four with two run Homer in in the win, and he just has been looking. Pretty good. And you had that catch as well um, as of late collecting multiple hits four times over his current six game hitting streak. So that would be putting him at like a cool 500 average with four homers, seven RBI and five runs over that scorching hot stretch for Lars Newt He's looking pretty good right now, guys. And that might anger some people. I could think of one person in particular. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, this is what you want to see from Lars Newt Bar. Lead off. Lars Newbar.
4: And the Cardinals lead off Lars. Yes. The Cardinals have thought highly of him for a while now, and they, they thought his potential, and it wasn't just the Cardinals, by the way. Other teams have asked for Lars Newbar in a lot of trades, and he's having a pretty good year, and maybe he's reaching that point where he does achieve the the star status that the Cardinals and other teams expected of him.
2: I think that he will be a Cardinal for a while, and I know that there's all this kerfuffle about if they should have kept him or if they shouldn't have. I think that there's a reason that they see something in him and want to keep him around. Fans like him. He's exciting, and that's, of course, me speaking from the Nutty Neuters of Newt Nation Mm -hmm. president CEO fan club, but... Uh obviously they're seeing something as to why they want to keep him around. And they even made that clear way before the trade deadline, making sure that he was part of the conversations of what they see as this core for twenty twenty four and moving forward.
5: Yeah, I thought the play he made in outfield in center field last night yeah. was great. It was he tracked the ball really well, got turned around a couple of times but a but was able to make a play with the wall right there and, and falling into it. You know, those are the things that keep you on the field as well as, you know, hitting the ball out of the field. It it, it definitely will allow you to play more. So and you know they got they got some time. We'll see what this the end of this season looks like for this outfield and for this this middle infield. Yeah. My bird watch is going to be one Jordan Walker. The month of June was not very good. Sorry, the month of July was not very good to old Jordan Walker. He bat. He hit 209 with an OPS of 609, and just you know struggling through july was not great june was spectacular 338 a 976 ops and so for me watching the the maturation of this young man and more importantly the Cardinals giving him the opportunity to play through it. You talked about it yesterday, Randy, how important that was and is for a young player to get those reps, to have those opportunities. Um, last night going two for three, hit a home run, had a walk in the game before, which I think was allowing him. Sometimes it's like a, a, a shooter. They, they got to see the ball going in. You get mm-hmm. on base one time and now you're able to start seeing the ball better. And I think that's the case for Jordan Walker. I'm excited for him. The one complaint that I have had over the last, I guess, two to three weeks weeks when they started doing this is the substitution late in the game because I mean he's at some point that bat is going to be needed as well. His turn in the lineup was coming up uh, I believe in the seventh inning when he was taken out of the game. So you know that's going to play a part of it as well and you have to get those reps in the outfield to get better. The only way players get better is by actually playing. Doing it in practice is not the same intensity. It's not the same level. That's just to kind of build the muscle memory of how to do it. When you get in the game and actually have to do it, that's when you start to gain confidence. And so him getting those reps in the outfield over and over again, the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. When it really matters is what's important. So hopefully they, they start to come to that conclusion as well and give him those opportunities to stay in the game.
4: Yeah, Just let him deal with adversity, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll have bombs like he hit last yes. night on a regular basis.
2: My question is why? I, I would just like to know why. I don't know if somebody has asked that. Why do they do what's that? What's the purpose? Yeah, maybe there's something that we don't I, know. I don't know.
5: I don't know the purpose. Like, some things you understand. If it happens every now and then, okay. But it, it this isn't frequently. a team that yeah. is going to – this isn't playoff baseball. No. It's not even close to playoff baseball. He's going to be your starting right fielder going forward, correct? Yes. You should yeah, let him play. So. Are you going to do this every time? In, in, are you going to do this for 140 games next year? I don't think so. So give him the reps. Exactly. And you're, and you're winning. Uh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Whatever.
2: Oh, was
4: beautiful. Guys, the Cardinals need pitching, right? Mm. What if I offered you a starting pitcher that won twice as many decisions as he lost?
7: Okay. What if I offered
4: you a pitcher that has pitched in the major leagues for six years and never had a losing season? Mm. What if I offered you a pitcher that had a career earned run average of 3.64 and over his career had averaged 6.3 strikeouts per nine innings? What if I offered you a pitcher like that?
5: Did this pitcher ever play for the Cardinals? Yeah, maybe. Okay, sounds familiar. Mm. What if this pitcher (laughs) had gone 34 and 17
4: over the course of his career?
2: Pretty good, Mm. right? Yeah. not,
4: Not bad. Hmm, that pitcher's okay. name is
2: Dakota Hudson. I knew this is where you were going with that. <laughs> I knew that this is where you were going with that. So, so then how do you explain the drop-off that we've seen, that even where he needed to stay in the minors, and his, and before he got called up, what was his ERI 6?
4: Yeah, but here's my question. Did he need to stay in the minors, or was it a Jordan Walker situation where you just need to get the guy reps and let him pitch? Yeah. Because when you have let him pitch, his 162-game averages are 13-7 and seven with a 3.64. And another note that I will give you in those 162-game averages is uh, the innings pitched, which is extraordinary. It's uh, 163 innings pitched per 162 games of a season. Maybe the guy just needs an opportunity. Maybe you just have uh, to—and I've said this before about Dakota Hudson. The thing that you need to do to enjoy Dakota Hudson is not watch him pitch. Just <laughs> yeah wait that's, for the, wait that's for, intriguing wait for the result. <laughs> Wait for the result. Don't watch the game? Don't watch the game. Just wait for the result. Go all all Billy Bean and see what happens. Just leave the ballpark. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So you're saying you think he should be a part of the starting rotation. Is that what you're saying, Randy?
4: I'm saying that maybe over the course of the last half dozen years, he hasn't gotten enough of an opportunity. When he pitched in 33 games, 32 starts back in 2019, he won 16 games. 2020 was obviously a COVID year that you throw out. And then 21... He was hurt. Even with the injured year, Uh, that year he was uh, it it was no sample size at all. But then uh, last year was really his only bad year. He went eight and seven with a four point four five, and I think sometimes we we take a look at the peripheral numbers, which the the analytics people love, but we don't look at the bottom line. And as Bill Parcells famously said. Don't tell me about the labor. Just show me the baby. And I think that's what you need to do with Dakota Hudson and his results.
2: Didn't you also say that don't trust what you see in the second half of the season from this team? (laughs) I think Dakota might fit into that category. But
4: when they went to the NLCS in 2019, that's when he won the 16 games. Mm. So it's not like he hasn't pitched in pressure situations before.
2: What about walks? Somebody pointed that out. What about walks? See, State that's the,
4: that's the the stuff. Are are you? Do you want to win the game, or are you concerned about walks and getting double plays after that? That's the thing. That's why I'm saying, don't watch the games. Just wait for the end result. He led the majors in walks, in he did in nineteen in, in 2019 <laughs> when he won 16 games. He did.
5: He, he well, he, and I guess that's a credit to him. If you get guys on base, like you said, if you're a ground ball pitcher, a, a pitch to contact type of pitcher, yeah. I think it helped more when they had the shift and you were able to hit, mm-hmm. hit people were able to hit into double plays it just I don't i I'm intrigued to see how this the rest of this season goes this is his next year will be his seventh year mm-hmm. and so you're looking at a guy I, I normally you know who a guy is where by year two or three it, it's familiar you're comfortable you know whether they're going to be a star a superstar a guy that plays every fifth day or every day if they're a position player or if they're a utility player. You can you can gauge that by then. I think the Cardinals have kind of gauged who he is. Normally, once you get this far into your career, you're not blooming into superstardom at that point.
4: And that's my point here, is what the concern is with Jordan Walker, I think they've done to yeah. Dakota Hudson. They haven't given him an opportunity enough of an opportunity to show them what he is.
2: Two one seven Tech said, and when Libby Libby shoves today, well, there's your four rotation spots solved. Bingo, bango. There you go, put it bongo. down. That's what Randy said. <laughs> no. You got yep. your rotation no. set for so, next no. season. I, I heard it.
4: Matsy.
5: Hudson, no. Libertor, and That's what I rookie. heard. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's I'm,
2: Randy's starting rotation. Somebody yep. write it down.
5: I'm going to take your advice and not watch the games yep.
4: then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 there we go. That's your Birdwatch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up as we roll on, we're going to talk to Kylie McDaniel of ESPN.com. He is their minor league and draft expert. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cardinals' player acquisitions at the deadline next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
3: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: You know, as far as like like what expectations are, I think we'll allow the remaining part of, of this season to play out. I think um, obviously it's, it's immediate depth. Um, as, as you guys can imagine, uh, there's been times where we've had trouble even filling out 13 roster spots up here and so i think the the flexibility that that this does for us is pretty immediate but we also do believe that some of these young men have some upside that will contribute for a long time here that's the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak. at the conclusion of the trade deadline a couple of days ago with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. And we go to the celebrity line and Kylie McDaniel, who is the draft and minor league expert for ESPN.com. He is a baseball insider. Joins us now on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Kylie, good morning. How are you doing?
10: Good morning. How are you guys doing?
4: Doing well, and obviously this is an atypical season for the St. Louis Cardinals, but an interesting trade deadline. Uh, and the Cardinals got 10 guys, 7 pitchers of that they received in all of these deals. Let's start with this. Is there anybody that stands out for you that the Cardinals acquired? Any minor leaguer, any prospect that the Cardinals acquired that you really have taken a liking to?
10: Yeah, I would say the uh the aim was obviously trying to get guys that could be starting pitchers potentially as soon as next year but probably more comfortably uh in 25. Uh I liked uh, TK Roby the most. Uh, he was a pitcher that I liked, that it was sort of like average stuff, good athlete, you know, good command, all those sort of pieces. Has continued improving uh, in the minors. He was uh, sort of the headliner of the Jordan Montgomery Stratton part of the deal. Uh, but I would also say, uh, Semmer Burst, the uh, Dutch pitcher that was, you probably don't hear that a lot on the radio, uh, that was acquired from Toronto, uh, signed at, I believe, 18 out of the Netherlands and was just sort of a nobody that was starting in the mid 80s. And now he's sitting in the low 90s and looks like he could be like a big league starting pitcher maybe as soon as, you know, the big leagues as soon as next year. Uh, so there's definitely like a type they were going after, which also includes Drew Rahm from Baltimore, another sort of like touch and feel lefty that'll definitely be like a big leaguer of some sort.
2: Well, and also you mentioned in one of your tweets talking about those guys, you brought up Sejacy as well. He's very well-rounded. They The Cardinals really like guys where you're able to get a lot out of them and seems like he has that ability. What What touches you about him?
10: Yeah, he was one of those guys that, uh, you know, I'm like the draft guy. So, like, when I don't know about a draft prospect uh, late in the process, I get really frustrated and then try to rush to catch up. He was a name uh, out of Southern California that I didn't know his name until, like, the month before the draft. Uh, popped up really late. And it was partly because, like, he was, like, a smaller guy uh, that wasn't that strong and then during the spring against lesser competition got stronger sort of checked the boxes texas uh, plucked in late in the draft i want to say four or five hundred thousand dollars uh which is you know pretty small late in the draft uh but he's really taken a step forward in the last couple of years in the minors that he is now a guy that's probably second base third base might be like you know 260 270 hitter might be 15 18 homers Uh, could definitely play the outfield, like, seems like one of those guys that if things go pretty well, like, he'll be a good utility guy that could probably start on some bad teams. Uh, but also if he's, like, a a notch better than you think, there's, like, a little bit of that sort of Ben Zobrist, Marwin Gonzalez, those guys that are, like, championship-level utility guys that start on almost every team. Like, he's in that general area, which is, again, a, a type of player the Cardinals have had success with.
5: Kylie, what's the uh, consensus of this Cardinals organization around the league? I think here in St. Louis, we're probably a little bit too close to it. So what is everyone else looking looking from the outside looking in? What are they seeing?
10: Uh, it's sort of that this season was a, an aberration, like bad luck. Like this is one of those organizations that always figures out a way to make the playoffs, even if you don't always – You know, love the move they make or whatever. Like it just tends to happen, which, as sort of silly as that may sound to some of the more analytical types, uh, there there is some real sort of uh, you know, I guess they call it devil magic in other parts of the country. Uh, But there's like something going on there with like the institutional knowledge and like multiple decades worth of like just sort of figuring it out and getting good players to come here and selling out the stadium and all that kind of thing, and so you kind of look at, like, oh, this is a pretty good team, and they just kind of got hurt and underperformed, and not all the young guys integrated right away, and it just didn't, like, click, but it's like, all right, this is the team everyone thought was going to be the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Like, it's not that different. And they're, you know, taking a bunch of money uh, off the books, but I'd say half the guys that are uh, leaving, there are young players that can take their job by, like, the middle of next season. So I think it's a little bit of a transition that this really good group in the minor leagues, I think at one point they were on uh, the top ten farm system. I think that this is sort of like the growing pains of waiting for that group to come over and maybe waiting to fill in some holes because you've got a really good player in the upper minors waiting to take that spot.
4: ESPN's Kylie McDaniel with us on 101 ESPN. And Kylie, one of the things that I heard from over at Busch Stadium, and tell me if you agree with this, is that these 10 players taken as a portfolio, let's make it 9 because John King is already here at the Major League level, but the Cardinals are kind of looking at it as another draft. Maybe you got a first-round quality guy and a second and a third and a fourth. Is it reasonable to look at this hall that way,
10: yeah. And I actually believe. Uh, I mean, it obviously gets like skewed a bit, where like a guy goes in the first round and then two years later he's sort of proven in the minors. He immediately looks like a high first rounder just because he's older. Uh, but if you were to take like the most recent first round pick, Chase Davis, and throw him into this group, I believe I would have uh, Roby first, and then Sakisie and uh, Reverse right there with Chase Davis. So it's like basically, like all four of them are in a similar area. And I think if, I mean, it's obviously like weird to consider, but if like if Roby as a guy in the upper minors was thrown into the draft, uh, I think he would go in like the top 15, 20 picks basically. Wow. Um, so yeah, if you were to like put that whole group of guys that have been acquired this summer together, you can easily just throw the first couple uh, round picks on top of sort of the headliners or secondary pieces in these trades. And yeah, you've got a nice like half dozen guys that, that figure to be contributors or nice trade pieces or like will impact next year's team in some way.
2: Well, and that kind of plays into what I was going to ask next because we know it's a very small pers- percentage of prospects that end up making it to the majors. Which one do you think most likely will make it to the majors and to St. Louis, especially fitting into what they need?
10: Uh, well, Drew Rom uh, from Baltimore in the Flaherty trade, uh, he was on the forty man pitching in AAA this year, and he's one of those like sort of deception pitchability lefties. So, like, he's probably the most likely to make it. But like, I would, I mean, it's like eighty percent that. Uh, reverse or Roby makes it because they like found success in Double A and were headliners of a trade. So like even if they. Com- the wheels completely fall off they'll probably get a call up just you know to give them a chance to play because they've invested a lot into them but I, I would say the question isn't really will they, will those guys make it it's what kind of guy will they be? are we gonna get more than 20 starts combined in the big leagues from those three guys combined like that I think would be like a reasonable over under because at this tier of prospect you're kind of going one for three getting what you think they're gonna be like a good outcome and so if one of these guys is a guy that like gets to arbitration and you know starts 100 games and all that like that's why you do this sort of thing and get the same kind of guy in bulk uh, to hope to get one of them that really hits. And if you nail it, you'll get two of them to be really good. And maybe the third one is like a useful guy that bounces around for a couple years and kind of fills a role.
5: Kylie, Paul DeYoung was traded away. Brendan Donovan is is out for the year with an elbow injury. Uh, Seems to be clearing the way for Mason Wynn. What can we expect from him when he does arrive in St. Louis?
10: Uh, he is an electric athlete by just about any measure. I think I've mentioned on here before that uh, he casually has maybe the best stuff uh, next to Helsley in the end, but he doesn't pitch anymore. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's how talented he is. He just doesn't do that anymore, which I can't imagine being that physically talented and not doing it. Uh, but he's a plus runner, above average defender, at shortstop, uh, can really do all the stuff you'd like to see him do in terms of base running, defense, all that kind of stuff. And I would say it's probably in the sort of average hit, average power, but because of the athleticism contributing in all phases, playing that position, uh, so, you know, call it 260, 15, 18 homers, uh, a couple of walks, like that kind of thing. It might not, you know, light you up, but that kind of guy playing a good defense and contributing in all phases and all that kind of stuff—that's like an above-average everyday player with a chance to be a guy like making some all-star all-star teams here and there. Like you can probably think of a shortstop you like that made an all-star team that normally is like hitting 15 to 20 homers and hitting 260, and then the year that they go 280 and 25, you're like, oh, this guy's really good. Like that's kind of the amount of variability you get with that. So if you start with a really talented, like 22-year-old that can do that in most years, he's going to give you a year or two that's better than
4: that and kylie if you look at that 2020 cardinals draft we already know jordan walker he's here you just mentioned win their uh, th- other second round pick was alec burleson and then between win and burleson was tink hence what do you think of hence
10: yeah i'm a big fan of his i think he would have gone much higher uh, had it not been the pandemic draft uh because i i posted something from the futures game uh some video and i Added some video from when he was in high school, actually at the event I'm going to right now. Uh, And he actually doesn't look as different as I thought he would. Like, he was one of those guys where it's like, all right, his off speed pitches are just okay, but like, it's a great body, great arm action, it's like silky smooth. and he's, like, 90 to 93 until he gets tired. And now in pro ball, it's, like, 95 to 98. He doesn't really get tired. His off-speed pitches are now, like, a little bit above average. And all the little components he liked about how athletic he moves and how clean his arm action is and how good of an athlete he is on mound, uh, that stuff now translates into, oh, he throws strikes and he's able to make adjustments. And, like, deep into games, he's throwing strikes. And so that is like sort of, again, the components you're looking at for guys that become second, third starters, the guys that like you are confident when they start a playoff game, like he has all those components and then the question is as he gets to AAA in the big leagues, does all of it translate? Does it turn out his off speed pitches that look above average actually play a little bit below or he you know, starts casting his curveball or like you know, he's not tunneling it well. Like all the little pieces you have to do in the big leagues that you know, like guys like Libertor where they're kinda up and down a little bit, That like you could start, bad start, you like him and then you're kinda like lukewarm. Like is he just gonna sail right through that and be getting rookie of the year votes and have no problems, or is there gonna be like a little bit of a year or two breaking in period when he gets there? But the Cardinals have done a really good job finding and easy in terms of uh, innings pre potentially next year being the year that he's able to get to the big leagues.
4: Kylie, uh, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Say travels and, and have a great day.
10: Yep, I'm going to prepare for the 2024 draft. So you guys have uh, <laughs> me on to ask about that. I'm doing research for that right now. You
4: bet. It never ends. And the Cardinals are going to have a high pick. We
10: know that. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if that guy's here. It counts down a little bit, but I'm still going to study anyway. (laughs) All
4: right. Thank you, Kylie. See you later. Kylie McDaniel, ESPN. By the way, Tink Hens turns 21 on Sunday. What a young team, huh? And that that 2020 draft, that might wind up being – it could be a watershed moment for the Cardinals. We hope that it is with Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Tink Hens, and Alec Burleson. That might wind up being – Something else. The other three players that they took in that draft, by the way, Levi Prater, Ian Bedell, who's highly regarded, regarded by the Cardinal organization, uh, from the University of Missouri, and L.J. Jones. So, there's more on the way from that 2020 draft. Brooke, Kerry, Randy coming up Our Rush Hour Reset Stick around, we'll tell you about the Cardinals Four homer game last night next on 101 ESPN You're
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast On 101 ESPN
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
1: It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day On the Opening Drive With a Rush Hour Reset
3: Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf Your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens We're redefining private golf
4: Time for the Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Thanks to Kylie McDaniel for joining us. The Cardinals, 7-3 winners over the Minnesota Twins last night at the ballpark. And a lot of fun and a lot of fireworks in the second inning. High fly ball.
6: He went down and called that to left. Warner back. Track roll, Ball in the bullpen and gone. Early fireworks in St. Louis. O'Neill is homered in back-to-back games. And the Cardinals strike for so a 2-2 pitch. Swing, fly ball. Fly ball oh, that's what right. That's headed for the The fireworks guys hardly had time to reload. It is Derby time at Busch Stadium. Split finger, Lars Newbar goes down and gets it. Another bomb,
2: 411 feet.
4: Newt Brooke is just absolutely Whoa, thrilled.
2: Yes, the nutty neuters of Newt Nation are very thrilled rejoicing, some might say, enjoying what Lars Neubauer did last and night. It,
4: and it wasn't over yet in the very next inning with a couple of runners aboard.
6: Swing and a drive! tape measure shot down the line! Burleson with a three-run homer!
4: And the Cardinals roll to the 7-3 win over the Minnesota Twins, and not to be lost in the excitement of the four home runs, was the spectacular performance of Dakota Hudson. He goes seven innings, he allows Three earned runs on just two hits. He walked three and struck out seven. Then Polante came on for a scoreless frame. Romero came on for a scoreless frame. And the Cardinals are rolling. Here come the Cardinals kind
2: yeah. of trilla, trilla. To <laughs> the end of
4: the
5: season. <laughs> but yeah. They're yeah. Yeah, rolling right along. Yeah, they are.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something. Maybe it's just less it's pressure. It's something.
5: That, was, that <laughs> yes. has the best description I've heard. It's
2: something. <laughs> it's it something. Is. Sellers, and now they're everything's fixed. You don't even uh, have to add anything, right? No. Next season?
4: And the team to look out for is not the Cardinals, but it's the Cubs,
7: oh, who oh. have
4: scored 36 runs in their last two games, a 16-6 win over the Reds last night. And the Cubs all of a sudden within three of the next National League Central lead within two and a half of the National League Wild Card, And I know they had to put Marcus Stroman on the I.L., but they only expect him to miss one start. I kind of think that the Cubs might be on a roll. They made a good move in keeping Cody Bellinger around for the rest of the season, that Justin Steele is in front of the rotation guy. I really like what I see from the Cubs. Now, granted, I've seen it against the Cardinals for the most part, but I like what I see from them.
2: Well, wasn't Greg saying that you shouldn't be fooled by all that that maybe yes, the, the pitching did. isn't and, exactly and you they haven't had the success about.
4: against the best schedule either but still i like what they're doing and i think they have a lot of good parts getting candelario back he started there he's he's a pretty nice player but Horner's a nice player ian happ is hot right now mm-hmm. they've got some good things going on i'm not i don't really care i just Indeed. think they're
5: interesting <laughs> not not that interested. But is, is there a team in the well. Central that you guys would like to have win? Ooh, I'd, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, no. the, yeah,
4: 2023 <laughs> World great, Champion that's Pirates. Who I want to win. That's who I wanted to win. Yes. but uh, now I want to see Ellie LA, La Cruz play in the postseason. That's going to be fun.
2: I think I think that. I think just because of him and how exciting he is, I I don't know. I feel like he could possibly be one of the big new faces of baseball. He already is. He's exciting, athletic just his ability. It's fun to watch. I would love to see that in a postseason atmosphere, which feels weird to say that you uh, want to I'm not I don't, want, not, to I don't want to cheer for any of the teams in the division. Right. You don't uh, want to, I don't like seeing them successful while the Cardinals are in the, the bottom. I watch Mookie Betts and in in yeah. Freddie
5: Freeman. I'll cheer for those guys. I can cheer for them. I'm, I'm not fine. cheering for them. You, you didn't mention Cody <laughs> Cody Bellinger for the Cubs. He's, He's been performing. He good. he took a one-year deal, a one-year flyer type of deal and He's gonna get paid this off season, isn't he? Yeah, and the, he
4: didn't want to come here because he didn't think that there was gonna be enough playing time available for him. I kind of uh, think there might have been.
5: No, it wouldn't have been. He would have been. I mean, they got eight outfielders. Where he was got, he gonna play? Tyler
4: O'Neill was still here.
5: He was. Where was he gonna play? He, he's gonna be rotating, Randy. You know how oh, they that's do. That's true. You're, 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 you're right. right. You're, you're right. seeing
2: this <laughs> all season long. The great <laughs> Cardinals carousel. Yeah. What a fun ride. That's true. <laughs> uh,
4: Okay, a couple of other things. Uh, Lionel Messi scoring his 900th MLS goal last night in three games. That's amazing. He's pretty good. They're undefeated since he got there.
5: They, mm. that, that is probably more amazing. One player. He's Gretzky. Yeah, he's, he's pretty he's I'm legit, pretty dang on good. I'm legitimately terrified that
8: they will win like 11 of their 12 final games, finishes like the sixth seed in the East, represent them in the MLS final, and probably win it, and Messi's just gonna drop the mic and walk out as he puts a clown sh- as he puts yeah. like the clown makeup all over the Great. MLS. It's gonna, yeah. it's, it's not a good look I, I, when a guy
5: could potentially come yeah. in and completely take over a season. I said he potentially could lead the league in scoring, and just got here. He right, could, he, he, yeah. he will. I think the lead leaguer, lead leading scorer had thirteen,
8: mm-hmm. and he's okay. got
5: five in three games. Yeah, yeah so you think. You think
8: twelve regulation regular season games can he score? He's twenty goals.
5: If he's scoring two a game, that's twenty four. Yeah, so can he get tw- if he gets he to, he 20, get to, he oh get to twenty?
2: Oh just, just solidify
5: his yeah. his greatness.
2: His greatness, Randy.
5: How do you stop him? Uh, with concussions. You just smack him right in the head. Is that the, I, don't, I, don't I don't
2: think,
4: think that's push the, for that. You, 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 you got a player that's not going to play a lot of minutes. You got somebody that you can put out there. <laughs> so you
8: want to? You got to D. Jones a. it. Yeah, I would
4: have. You got to
5: bounty gate him. him?
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, <laughs> you can't put a bounty on a man. I just did. Okay.
5: Is it wrong? I think so. That's Brett Favre. He was well, pretty hot about that. Yeah, it happens. Bounty yeah. gate. He's yeah. trying to yeah. win or not. I, I not, that I do agree with.
2: Sounds very Tanya <laughs> well, I Harding.
5: I got a story. I had <laughs> a. Okay, get here. <laughs> I'm coaching. This is a while, while back. Uh, and and the head coach calls, sends a text to all of us. Say, hey, 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 which one of y'all showed these kids eleven envelopes with hundred dollar bills in them? <laughs> We had a coach (laughs) take an envelope with a $100 bill, pull the $100 bill out, say, I
1: got 11 of these for the hardest hits in the game. (laughs) <laughs> don't think we should do that. Probably not.
5: Not great. No. Yes. <laughs> you found was, out who was it was, Oh, yeah. You found out It was It was not good. Uh, not good for anybody. Yeah. Did anybody get hit hard on the opposition? Hell, no. We went 0-10 <laughs> that year, right? Oh, man. You couldn't <laughs> bribe those yeah. kids to hit? No, it yeah. wasn't happening.
4: <laughs> so, and, uh, hey, one other note for you that uh, we want to give you in the rush hour reset here. Looks like the Pac-10, Pac-12 is about ready to implode. They're trying to work a deal with Apple. You don't put college football a conference on Apple. Okay, now here's the other thing: the Big Ten is trying to steal Washington and Oregon. So, what's going to happen with
5: the Pac-12? It's just going to it's going to die. It will. I mean, you're already losing USC and UCLA. Yep. that that is that's really USC is the lifeblood of of the Pac-12, and mm-hmm. so. Is Colorado potentially gone. leaving? They're they're, they're, they're gone. in the Big Twelve already. You got if Oregon. I mean, that's all you have left is Oregon. Oregon, Oregon is and the, Washington is the uh, or Oregon because Washington. At least Act. they've got tradition. They've they have won a championship. Do, they do, but in the last twenty years, you would know uh, you would have a hard time for these young players to know anything about Washington right, in right. comparison to Oregon because Oregon Oregon because of all of the uniform yeah. combinations, because of Heisman Trophy winners and and guys that have come out. It, it's yeah, the Oregon is the one that's holding the flag for Pac-12 right now. And if they decide to leave, you can cancel Christmas. And yeah, and then
4: I wonder, like Arizona, Arizona State to the Big 12, what happens with Stanford and Cal? It's really a, a weird situation in that conference with the, with the Pac-12 because I, I don't know that, uh, for example, right now because of the rules that they have at Stanford, and with the the issues with the transfer portal, they can't get transfers into Stanford in, in basketball or football. Same it's with Cal. Hard.
5: It's hard. The the level of how much the, the levels are so high there. Like I've had kids that you know they were intrigued in, but you know you got to have certain amount of classes for a certain number of years, and uh, it, it's just it's a really high standard to get into Stanford.
4: So, w- with that being said. I wonder where those teams from the Pac-12 would go. If, indeed, you've got, if you'd have Washington and Oregon leave, and the only reason that Washington would go, you're right, is because they're an odd number, and they have Seattle. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. good market. That's, yeah. It's a good market. But what happens with Washington State? What happens with Utah? What happens with Stanford, Oregon State, Cal? And then I would guess Arizona, Arizona State both go together to the Big 12.
5: Ah, uh, yeah. They, I, I heard that Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah were all in talks of poss- possibly going to the Big Twelve. And that, that makes and sense. If you again, what else do you have? I mean, Washington State can't carry the the Pac-12 no. flag. You don't have <laughs> much left. Washington over there. State and Oregon State. Yikes! Yeah, you're no. in the Mountain West. That that Mountain West conference. Yeah, that's where you are.
4: Yeah. Wow. Unfortunate. So it's it's amazing, and it's all because of TV. It all when 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 it's college sports. Always follow back to the TV money, and it's because they can't get a TV deal done, and they've got a bad commissioner there.
2: Yeah, Uh, uh, uh. it matters so much with the TV deals. Yep. Coming up next on
4: 101 ESPN, so we talked earlier a little bit about whether or not you feel like the Cardinal ownership is competitive if they're trying to compete. And we want your mic drops. By the way, on our poll today, uh, the question is, and it's a poll on our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and search for 101 ESPN STL. Do you think the Cardinal ownership cares about winning? 72% of you on YouTube say yes. The rest, obviously, say no. That would be 28%. We'd like your mic drops, though, with the 101 ESPN app. We'd like to have you weigh in on whether or not you think the Cardinals ownership is competitive enough for your liking. It's coming your way next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
3: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: All right, we want to hear from you. Do you believe that the Cardinals' level of competitiveness, their desire to compete, matches your desire to compete? Because my sense is, is that through their actions, if not their words, they are trying to compete. I don't think that you put together a team that has the players that they have with Arenado and Goldschmidt and Contreras and keeping Wayne right around. And by the way, last year threw 191 innings and signing Steven and giving Michaelis the extension that he got. And then having the young players that they have developed, and it does cost money to develop players. I don't think that you do that without an intent to compete at a a high level, but there are many fans out there and I understand where you're coming from that don't think that they compete enough. So we want to hear from you. Mike drops with the 101 ESPN app or the texts. Here's a text from the uh, 816. They care about winning, sure, but the front office's definition of winning is different than the fans. The front office's definition is 500 or above and competing within a poor division. Fans' definition of winning is playoff success. The gap between these definitions is my biggest issue with the front office.
2: Mm Yeah, it does seem I'm very curious because this seems to be a discussion we keep having and people are texting in. What do you think is the difference? Like what do fans envision? What do they wish that the Cardinals would do and what they feel like they haven't seen thus far? Because it does seem like there's a little bit of a disparity between what we would like to see the Cardinals do and what we've seen them do looking at their history of spending.
5: They want championships. Fans do. They expect Uh, championships. They expect deep playoff runs. Uh, And when you're not getting or reaching that level, it it becomes frustrating because it feels like maybe they're not doing enough. You talked about the, the starting rotation and how much money they spent on that. The Cardinals did it. If, it isn't resulting in wins, then that leads to frustration as well. I mean, I'm sure the New York Mets fans are were losing their minds. You got Justin Verlander, you got Max Scherzer. You're paying tons of money, and you're not getting those wins. And now they have to reset and pretty much start over. It, it, it's at times it's probably unreasonable, but that's what fans are. It's fandom. It's expectations that you know sometimes are not attainable, but it's what we do as fans. We expect to win, and and we hope. I think the the line is they, at times, fans don't think that the players or the front office or those people are trying as hard or want it as bad. I can tell you that they do, but things don't always align that way because there are 29 other teams full of professional baseball players that are trying to win as well. And so, you know, it's just about being in the right place, right time, and putting the people in the right positions to have that success. And I think the Cardinals are trying to do that. It didn't work out for the 2023 season.
4: Let's get a mic drop from a friend of the station, Janet, here on 101 ESPN.
3: I really think that Mr. DeWitt likes to win, and I really think that he wants to win. I just think that somehow or another he bought into the wrong philosophy And I think that they need to change that philosophy in order to go down a winning path again. You need to have common sense entered into the equation. Not just all this analytical bullcrap.
2: I'm glad she censored yeah, herself there. Thank too. you, Janet. Yeah. And I, I agree
4: 100% because I think sometimes you get so into the weeds with the yeah. analytics and you, you can go too far. Analytics are, analytics are a wonderful tool to use, but don't allow the analytics to use you. And I think that's what happens with a lot of organizations. And my sense is, is that that's what has happened with the Cardinals.
2: I agree. I think that there's a lot of things we've talked about bringing in an outside voice, somebody that can bring in a different perspective. I understand keeping that continuity with the Cardinals way, but it doesn't hurt sometimes bringing in another set of eyes, some fresh eyes to be able to see. Do you think
5: that there will eventually be a death to analytics at some point? I mean, has how much success has 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 it brought to organizations i know it brings success financially because Mm -hmm. you can plug and play people that you normally would probably pay more for and you can dial the money back so it's successful in that regard but on the field success how much i guess validity do you get from having the analytics really be at the forefront of your organization you can get to
4: a point but then, if you're Houston, you have to go out and trade for Brian McCann and sign Josh Reddick and sign Carlos Beltran and trade for Justin Verlander. You, you have to bring in people that are baseball people. Yeah. If, you're, if you're the Cubs, you can go so far with analytics and finishing in last place, but then you have to go out and sign John Lackey and you have to sign John Lester and you have to trade for Araldus Chapman and get people that are, are baseball players. And then you see... The success of the Astros without the analytics, with Dusty Baker in charge. And you see what's happening with Texas now, where Chris Young is their general manager. Brilliant guy, but he's kind of deviated away from analytics, especially when he hires Bruce Bochy as his manager. I don't think there will be a death of analytics. I think there will always be a place for the tools, but I don't think for the smart franchises that they'll be dominated by analytics.
5: Uh, Did Billy Bean ever win any championships? No, he never did. That's my problem. (laughs) and, <laughs> that, that's, that's the problem that I have. And Carrie, You brought in a, a philosophy of someone that didn't freaking win. He didn't win. And here's the other point. <laughs> when you go through that whole Moneyball
4: movie, are Barry Zito and Mark Mulder and Tim Hudson ever mentioned... In the movie, uh, no, never. No, that's why they won. <laughs> they, they were pretty the, good. They won because they had three Cy Young <laughs> Award quality starters. They didn't win because it, Scott Hatterberg was playing blanket first base. base.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, he, his numbers are the same. He gets on base a lot. He's never played yep. first base. Well, put him there. It doesn't matter. That that's the 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 chaotic mindset to me. Why would you go after a philosophy that didn't? Bring forth a championship or multiple. If you want to do something, if if I'm a basketball team and I want to learn how to be champions, I'm probably going to look at the Golden State Warriors here in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Well, they they spent a lot of money, but it it worked out well. Let's go by their philosophy. Let's find. I wouldn't use the New York Knicks <laughs> as the philo- philosophical mindset for how I want to win championships. That is the troubling part to me about the analytics. There were no championships right. won. From that period, from brandished from this this birth of of analytics.
4: Let's get one more mic drop. This is Matthew who joins us via the mic drop feature. I do
10: think that the Cardinals' ownership wants to be competitive. I don't think there's a question of that. I think they want to be competitive. Whether or not they want to be a serious contender, I think, is a wholly different issue. But I think the ownership, if they want to get back to a perennial contender, They're going to have to spend money. They need to start recognizing that the market for free agents has shifted away from whatever their model has said for years that it was.
4: The market has changed, but let's compare four franchises, Mets and Padres to Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays. To me, it's more about being smart than throwing a bunch of money at problems. Not that you you don't have to spend money, because to have star players that win in the playoffs – Generally, you have to do. There's a reason to do that. There's a reason that Philadelphia wound up in the World Series last year. There's a reason that Houston wound up in the World Series with guys like Bregman and Altuve and, and Verlander last year. But, and he won the Cy Young. But at the end of the day, the Cardinals could go give every single one of their 26 players a million dollar raise. And they could raise their payroll by $26 million for next year. Is that going to make them any better because they're being paid a bunch more money? No. 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 That So that's not what it's about. Just paying guys doesn't make them better. You have to pay good players.
2: Yes. The, the quality of spending is what matters. And also with roster construction, we touched on this earlier, but also building things where you're not just looking to beat the division but something that will work out in the long run where you can make a deeper run where we are also having those first round exits that we have seen mm-hmm. in recent years too because I think that there there has been a lot of that and the reliance of that you can maybe just hope that the rest of the division bottoms out while you just sift your way to the top I don't think you can do that anymore I don't think that's an approach that works
4: well it, it's not gonna work in this division anymore no, because Cincinnati looks real the Cubs they look like they're trying again with people like Swanson and the free agent signings that they've made, and obviously Milwaukee isn't going anywhere. So you're than the Pirates right. had
2: the hot start to the season. That's what we were talking about earlier. Miss the old Pirates that you could beat up on. <laughs> yeah,
4: and they they went downhill when they lost O'Neill Cruz. If they have a healthy O'Neill Cruz all oh, year long, they're going to yes. be they're going to be a problem. That's Brooke. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch of this edition of the Opening Drive with Rock and Roll on 101 ESPN
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
3: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
1: let's rock let's rock today
4: our YouTube page is worth worth the price of admission. Just to, <laughs> just to log, log on to YouTube.com and to go to 101 ESPN STL. And uh, all, all you need to know is that we got to, come at me Sanford! <laughs> and uh, that's, all, that's all you need to know. So check it out. You can watch all of our shows, by the way, on the old YouTube. Uh, and uh, all you need to do is go to YouTube.com and then type in uh, 101 ESPN STL, and you can watch T-Mac when he's here, uh, when he does his show uh, on the YouTube channel, and you can also watch BK and Ferrario, and then the the gloriously coiffed Anthony Stalter and Jimmy <laughs> Rivers uh, in the afternoon. If you ever want to see a great head of hair, Anthony Stalter has it. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, you can see that on, on the YouTube. And if you miss any of our interviews, just use our app or go to 101ESPN.com and all of the interviews, including Greg Amsinger, this morning brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Matthew, what do you got?
8: Well, over at uh, Go Long TD, they're doing their annual list of kind of previews of each team and in, in their Jacksonville Jaguars preview that just got posted, Tyler Dunn had an anecdote from the Urban Meyer years that I had not yet heard, but I had to get out here and that was when they were really struggling, they had just hit 1 in 6 and the, the defensive players were having a meeting and in that meeting, uh, Andrew Wingard, their safety stood up and said, "Listen, we're We're the defense. We're what this team's based off of. We have a rookie quarterback and we have a rookie head coach. We have to be the the backbone on this team if we want to start winning games. Apparently, what was said at that meeting got to Urban Meyer. And Andrew Wingard was sitting at home on their off day a few days later, and he got a phone call from his position coach. When he answered the call from the position coach, it was Urban Meyer on the phone. And Urban Meyer demanded to Andrew Wingard to explain to him why he would dare refer to him as a rookie head coach. Hmm. Andrew Wingard said he then had to kind of like mea culpa and like praise the coach because essentially Urban Meyer was telling him, if you don't apologize, I'll cut you. Wow. Oh. We knew it was bad. Obviously kicking people is, is pretty bad. But to the level of being insulted because somebody referred to you as a rookie head coach, While you're coaching your first ever season in the NFL, just seems like the absolute pettiest of all the petty. I don't know how anyone could ever want this guy (laughs) to be the leader of men in a locker room ever again. Leave
5: me out of it. Exactly. Because I, I will tell you that works with college kids. But when you have grown men who some make more money than you do, there's a reason why you feel you can kick a kicker as opposed to a linebacker.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a
5: strong safety, a D lineman. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that had he to walked by and kicked, who who was their starting D tackle at that point? It, it just one of those guys. We would have heard about Urban Meyer. We wouldn't have heard about the kicking. We would have heard about the choking. Mm-hmm. You'd have heard Urban Meyer got choked out of practice. I like la what <laughs> Latrell Sprewell told he was going to do to part P.J. Carlissimo. If if. There, And so I, I have to assume that, that Urban Meyer has a level of intellect because he knows who to mess with and who not to mess with. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think that Urban Meyer is a, a, a good football coach, not a good person. And so, yeah, I, it's no wonder that, that that only worked out for a year, well, half a year. He's going to end up coaching another college
8: football team again, isn't he? He
5: will because college football is – but here's the thing. This isn't two thousand and nine either. You can't get exactly this guy. Because this guy's of, making five hundred grand. Some of these guys, some of these guys, are going to be making a lot of money to play college football, and it's not going to fly. And they can
4: walk in a blink.
5: And they can leave at any time. So, your roster will be completely have to be hauled, you know overhauled every single year if you are continuously acting in that manner. I wonder what ever came of came in Nebraska, by the way. Oh, <sighs> that's a good question. What happened to her? No, she's <laughs> Miss Miss. Meyer probably doesn't care.
4: Uh, probably not. Uh, let's see. Cayman is on the Insta. How many followers? How many followers? Uh, let's see. Uh, Fifteen thousand. That's it.
8: That's it. It's hey, part didn't, of a college she didn't, football was, scandal. You she don't didn't, even. She didn't you, take advantage of it. And you can't even. It, you know.
4: It was a pro football. Uh, it was the Jaguars. Oh, you're right. It was. It was pro She didn't take advantage of it. She did not. Know. Stay,
8: it because it was in. He had stayed uh, in Columbus. Uh, right, when he had he stayed in Ohio after they everyone else flew back and he stayed in Ohio stayed
4: to in hang Ohio, out went at his to his bar. bar. That, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, filter up. It, uh, it was checking royal. Yeah,
2: those were a... <laughs> yeah, chicken. I hate that terminology <laughs> so much.
4: <laughs> you, do, you love it or hate it? <laughs> I hate it.
7: Oh, okay.
2: You know what? Uh, another yeah. coach controversy Bobby Trino at Arkansas. Oh, were you there for that? God, that was I fun. wasn't, I came after, so uh-huh. I was there during the beginning of the Brett Bielema era. And, but the aftermath was just very, very interesting. All the stories. I, the whole motorcycle scandal awesome. the, the the photo, the video of yep. the press conference is iconic i think we yeah. use that about like 500 million times because you just can't ever get enough of it who let him do that press conference is the question i always had yeah
5: i don't it's know not not a great it's, it's, it's a great halloween department. costume though so, i've seen a
2: lot of people do that in arkansas where they'll dress up as him at that press conference and then her oh, yeah. with the blonde wig mm-hmm. yeah i'm
5: looking so, at this 2021 roster did Miles Jack was a linebacker on that team. He wasn't gonna kick Miles Jack, would he? No, no Miles Jack would have ate yeah, his I lunch. So. Malik Jackson, I think, was still on that. was on that defense. Yeah,
8: not this Jalen Ramsey, people. I think,
5: was still on that defense, wasn't there's he? Certain people, you, you, uh, no, Jalen was gone. being traded already. Okay, yeah, he's gone. That man, was not, a pretty legit defense, though. You don't leave people alone, man. Even Andrew Wingard is gonna put him in a body. Even, <laughs> even Wingard is gonna put him in a body bag pretty is. quickly. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't have respect for people that that. Act in that manner like I just I don't respect people who threaten uh, people's jobs I don't have I just I don't, don't either have patience so, Urban Meyer came in Nebraska that's just a just a what a couple <laughs>
2: oh
5: my she, she should have more than 15,000 yeah she should, for, absolutely. for that yeah. scandal yeah thank you Matthew
8: thank you Randy
4: you, with her name, you can say it. You got to prioritize.
8: Uh, yes, this was
4: fun. This
2: was yes. <laughs> 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 I, I heard it, and I'm trying to <laughs> unhear it. And <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs>
7: <in> Ohio. <laughs> oh God.
4: Oh God. <laughs> oh, and we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being oh, a part of the man. show for all of us. And Dill. Tomorrow, Friday, Friday morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's
1: right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN
3: and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.